Um, yeah, so welcome to the next episode of the Toe Bar podcast. Um, we've got a little bit of an interesting one for you today. We're going to do um, a two-parter. First part is going to be an interview with, um, with a dancer, um, something that we are... If we're not experts in any sport, dance is going to be right at the very top of that list. Um, so it could be, this could be a disaster, but I'm, I'm hoping it won't be. Um, the dancer's called Danny Schofield. We'll plug all our social links in a minute. In a minute. And then the second part, we're going to do a, um, a, a jukebox duel. Um, it's, a ba- it's a flagrant ripoff of Blood on the Tracks, but if their lawyers are listening, I've never heard of Blood on the Tracks and I don't know who Colin Murray is. Um, so if everyone here could give a, a warm welcome to, to Danny Schofield, our professional dancer. Woo! There we go. Hi, Danny. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Um, good. I think what we might start with doing is if I just ask the boys very quickly, so I'll go around in like Charlie, Ollie and Muncie, how much they know about about the discipline of dance and the art of dance um, and, and just see where our baseline knowledge is because um, I'm yeah. not sure it's very high. So Charlie, how much exposure have you had to, to formal dance and structured dance in the past rather yeah, than just we prob- weddings? We probably go as far as Strictly and Dance on Ice and that's probably as far as we go. What's your exposure been to, to, to dance and Ollie in terms of formal and structured dance? And obviously you've, you've, you've got a sister, etc. So that was sort of my like, access to it almost. Um, what have you, how much do you know? Yeah, so I have got a sister, and I might surprise you a little bit here. My sister did do dance for about a year. She did three different forms of dance in one night. She'd go along, I think it was a Thursday, and she'd do tap, modern, and I can't remember what the other one was. But she, well, I don't know if she was any good or not, but she got right into it. So I do have a little bit of exposure to dance, actually. (laughs) Good. And then, Monksy, what have you, you know... Obviously, raves in raves in fields off motorway junctions. Aside, <laughs> <laughs> what else have you? What else have you done in terms of the the, the dance world? Well, well, obviously, you know, out of out of the four of us, you know, I am the expert. You know, I've, I, I, yeah, I mean, Ollie's talking about three types of dance. I mean, you see me in Chasers on a Saturday night. I mean, three types of dance is in one song. You know, I, I, I can bust a few moves, and you know, on, on the dance floor. Um, yeah, you know, you get a bit of Rihanna on the dance floor. Me and you know, me and Chasers, we're just we're just the boys, you know. Was it <laughs> Monksy, Was this um just to carry on for those that didn't listen to a previous episode? Monksy mentioned in Chasers, him and his mates used to borrow the borrow the club shoes. So was that when you were dancing? Were you in the club shoes? Exactly. You know, not even dancing with a pop of shoes on. I've had the higher shoes. You know, so I mean, I mean, basically bowling shoes. Busting the moves, you know, all the girls are just flying over, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something to, be, to behold, it really is. It sounds, it sounds like Krusty the Clown dancing, <laughs> dancing in the side of a, a dance hall. Very, very accurate. <laughs> and the girls are flying over because the floor's soaking wet, not because of uh, any sexual well, reason. Well, well, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> I don't want to bass my own trumpet there. <laughs> and so, Danny, what's, um... I think you probably do have some advance on on three dance um, that, that <laughs> we're able to sort of name. Um, I I could probably do a little bit more than that, but I don't want to don't want to just show off as as if I know anything about it because I don't. So what what is what is dance? What you know? I think that's quite a vague question, but what is it to you? What is it to, to everyone else? And 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 how do you define yourself as a as a as a dancer or as a as an expert in dance? 
Okay. Um, so do you know what? Dance is, it's hard to answer that question when people ask like, what is dance? Because to everyone it's different. Like for some people it's like a release. For some people it's just a hobby. For some people it's like literally like their life and everything. So to me, obviously dance for me, like I think, which I'll get into later, which I think you've asked me, like uh, told me a few things that you want to ask. But for me in the past year, before this year, dance was literally like my life. Like I literally lived, breathed dance. It was just everything. And um, now like in this year, I've realized that it's more of not a hobby, but it's something that I still want to do, but I'm just not as like into it as when I was younger. Um, but yeah, it just depends. Like for everyone, it is completely different. And, you know, there are so many styles of dance and they all require like so much, like some of them are really, I mean, I'm going to say they're all really, really well disciplined. Like you have to be pretty strong. Like it's, it's weird. Like it's really hard to explain, but dancers I think are kind of pushed down and they're just seen as these like people that prance around and really do nothing but actually it is it is hard work like it is hard going and I really do admire every single dancer and performer um wanting to go into like whatever they want to do like I do admire every single person so yeah I was thinking about this earlier I was thinking like the the cultural scale of dance like it is absolutely everywhere you can go to a gig if you go and see like a, an important stage show there are hundreds often of professional dancers in the background you've got obviously you've mentioned it already the the, the two big dance forums in this in this country are um are strictly and, and then you know dancing on ice but that was gone for a while um that's the one that millions of people see um you've also then got all the theater like the musical theater etc the dancers on that you've then got the ballet you've then got the opera um you know it's uh, it's massive and like i think the there's almost like a, and there's also like a sunday league version of dance isn't there which is your dance competitions mm-hmm. every yeah. sunday being run in leisure centers all across the country yeah. with you, girls from four all the way up to you? 20 yeah yes with this tash with this tash i look like i'm the kind of bloke who goes and hangs out with the um in the in the viewing galleries but um but yeah it's yeah (laughs) but it's massive it's absolutely massive and i think it's actually a really interesting a really interesting topic so so just before we get into to what's happened in 2020 to sort of curb your enthusiasm of 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 dance what are your what what are the styles you would say you're a you're an expert in? What are the things that you're what are the styles that you're you're, you're passionate about? You're like what are, what are your views of expertise? So I have literally I've pretty much trained in like so many styles. So when obviously I was young, like three, you start off with like your you go to like baby ballet and stuff, and then you just progress like keep doing your ballet. So I've done ballet, tap, modern, jazz street commercial um contemporary lyrical jazz technique um and then i've also when i've done my teacher training i did um national which is basically where you 
you have set grades and then in those grades you learn dances from like literally all around the world so I've done Irish I've done Portuguese I've done Spanish I've done loads of stuff so I've actually done quite a lot um but I would say that my preferred kind of styles which I would uh go more to uh like your commercial um all of that sort of thing so yeah I've done quite a lot so what is what is commercial dance so your commercial is kind of it's like a infusion of like your hip-hop and your street um and your commercial is more of what you see on so it's like you know you're backing dancing so you have your music videos and then you've got the people that are doing the dancing in the background it's all of like that sort of stuff um commercials vary that so it's all it literally leads for you like stemming on to your music videos and all of that sort of thing so yeah and so yeah. what does that what sort of what sort of moves do they entail are they quite big fluid body movements are they quite body poppy is it like a, a mixture of the two yeah, or am I, I completely would... way off no 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 I'd say like your commercial is more of your groovy sort of like hard down into it whereas obviously you could say then that um let's say for instance like Sam Smith, if he's got a song that he's singing that's more of like a ballad sort of song, then he'd probably have, if he had any dancers in as his backing dancers, they'd probably be like more lyrical, contemporary sort of stuff. That's more of your fluid sort of thing. So, okay. And so, what's the what's the difference between all the styles? So, I think we our, our knowledge or our sort of access to to, to dance is it's either ballroom or it's backing dancers on a, on a, on a gig. So what's the difference yeah. between um, street dance and, and hip hop dance? Or what's the difference between sort of um, national and, and contemporary dance? I've, I've heard the phrase contemporary dance, obviously through, through my sister and your friend um, yeah. a lot. I know, I know, I know I've heard that phrase. I know it exists, but I could not tell you a first thing about it. So what, what is it? <laughs> so um, I would say that like, obviously the thing is, your main like what I would say that anyone needs to have is they need to have their ballet behind them because literally ballet is like the core of dance and it stems to everything like you'll realize that let's say for instance um you'll be doing a certain move in ballet but then it can be in pretty much like loads of other styles as well but it'll just be interpreted different to fit that style of dance um so let's just say like obviously your street dance is obviously probably where you do more of like you'll have obviously I'm just trying to think how to explain it so your street let's say you'd have more of like your um popping and your locking and stuff which is like I don't know if you've seen any of that but popping and locking is pretty I'm not can't demonstrate right now because I definitely can't do that but yeah so that's like more of your street kind of moves and then obviously lyrical is very very fluid and you can tell story through your lyrical dancing that you do however contemporary you can almost tell a story through it but contemporary is more um it's kind of got a mix of I'm just trying to think how you would describe contemporary because contemporaries, do you know, what? it's not weird, but that is the kind of word that I would describe it as it is kind of weird. Like you yeah. do watch it sometimes and you would think, what the hell are they <laughs> like? What the hell are they actually doing? Um, but yeah, so it is, do you know what? 
it's hard to describe all of them because they are all so different, but they do link like there is some sort of link between everything and it does i would say stem from ballet like it is comes all from that um, i mean it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, my youngest daughter emily my mm. ems because she will be listening um <laughs> i mean she loves dance and um, both yeah. my both my kids did ballet to start off with and then as you say she sort of progressed into into street dance and they but they, they they both done done that and tap dancing um, yeah. it cost me an arm and a fortune buying all these things yeah. and then they, they were like oh no I'm not doing that I'm not doing that no, what's different <laughs> um but I mean Paige my eldest has probably grown out of dance if you like she didn't really find it an interest but Emily absolutely loves it um I mean would, what would you say so any young kids who are into that you know what would you say is the the most important thing to, to sort of what, carry on and do I definitely think stick at your ballet like I was always told to stick at my ballet because let's say for instance when I left secondary school I didn't go on and do my A-levels because I was just not an academic person like it just that side of thing wasn't for me so I wanted to be like more creative and stuff and I thought I really want to progress in my dance so I went to SGS college it's now called and I did two years there on a dance course and I can remember you do your ballet there pretty much nearly every morning, like any sort of dance school that you go to, let's say when you move up and want to progress on to doing like your dance or your musical theater, you will have to take ballet. So I just think it's so good to have your ballet behind you so that you're not, not struggling or falling behind because you may actually not do it. And then you might get to a dance school and then actually you find that you're a quick learner and you've picked up really well, but, I would say that definitely stick at your ballet, even though for me, like ballet was never a strong subject of mine. Like I would absolutely dread going to classes sometimes like my ballet classes, but it is so important to have. And then I think definitely stick to doing your, like your stuff that you really enjoy and you think, oh my God, yeah, I've got my street class later or um, I've got my jazz class later. Just something that obviously you can feel a bit more free and, groove around to and stuff like that's what I would say to do but yeah definitely ballet stick with it even though it is it is hard but it's definitely <laughs> worth it <laughs> yeah Emily's not a, wasn't a big fan of ballet I mean she did it for a long time and and mm -hmm. that um, and then she moved to gymnastics and she was doing gymnastics for ages and because she was the littlest she was always the one that got chucked around and flown up in the air and all that but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. She always, she's always on TikTok dancing around and, and she'll come over and see me and she'll be I mean she's only a you know only 11 and she'll turn around and say dad I've put this dance routine together and she'll put this music on and she's jumping around and she, and she, she I mean to me she looks really good I could be biased probably but you know um but she really really loves her dance you know and I just want to try and get her back into it yeah so just on that we're going to have we're going to have parents listen to this who are going to have young children boys and girls um, and i think mm -hmm. getting boys into dance is something that i want to talk about a little bit in detail later on because i yeah. think there's quite quite an offensive obvious stereotype of the type of lads who go into dance but oh, yeah. it 
yeah. couldn't be further from the truth really from the from the lads that are in dance that i've ever sort of happened across you know when mm-hmm. um you know going out with yourself or going out with sammy on on nights out in in, in town you know the, the lads that you sort of mix with are, are, are fucking quality um the the discipline and stuff they have but what would you say you, you mentioned there that sticking to a passion project so keeping your core competencies like like ballet and making sure that your your your, your structural discipline if you like with ballet is 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 there and and and, and important and solid would you say that following a passion project and having something they genuinely like doing rather than something that they see could be a route to a career or a route to money in the future is 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 more important at a younger sort of developing stage so they get the love of dance or would you expect parents to sort of focus on the the, the more commercial elements of dance where there's money to be made in it as, a, as an adult do you know what? it's hard because i think you should never force your kid to do something that they don't want to do let's say like i i know that when i teach sometimes you you can just tell like the children that don't want to be there at all and i just think you need to you need to like i obviously when i was younger i didn't really know that i was going to actually move on to like the level that I'm at now um and yeah I just enjoyed it as a hobby as at first and then I know that when you go to like your dance classes after school and stuff if you're following a um trying to think what it's called now so I did ISTD which is like a graded thing that you do for like your ballet your tap and your modern and then they also have loads of other different styles as well. I think they have like, um, possibly, I think it's called IDTA. Um, so there's loads of different things, but you take exams for, for them. And when your exams start getting more, you have to go to lots more dance classes to obviously get your training up to make sure that you get your good exam grade that you want. And then I think for me, that's when I realized that I wanted to make it more of like a career choice i don't think you should ever i don't think you should really land on your child when they're young because it's quite a hard decision to make if that makes sense like if they're enjoying it as a hobby let them do it as a hobby and just keep them at it and then if they want to do it when they're older then maybe start looking at choices and colleges and routes that they can go down so yeah yeah absolutely how did they how did you how did you get into dance what 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 started your your love for it I literally, I was three when I started and um, I just used to go to the ballet classes, like the pre-primary ballet classes when I was young. And um, I did like your usual brownies and your swimming and all of that sort of thing alongside it, like all of your activities that you do when you're younger. And um, that's when obviously it did come up to my exams. Like I said, it came up to my dance exams when I was probably about, God, I think I must've been how old was I when I took my first exam? I was quite young, I think, when I took my first exam. And then when I got to about seven or eight, um, my mum said to me, okay, so you're gonna have to, you want to take your exam for ballet? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to take my exam for ballet. I want to do it. But then it would have meant I would have had to have dropped my swimming or my brownies. And then that's kind of when I realized I was like, yeah, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do dance. That's my hobby that I want to do. I just want to stick at doing that. And yeah, ever since then, really, I've just literally lived and breathed it. And that was all I really wanted to do. Like I didn't, I found myself being more creative when I was at school. Like I love my art. I love drama. I was not worried about any of your other subjects like English or whatever. I literally just 
wanted to be creative and that was how I knew that I wanted to stick down the creative sort of path so yeah it's just I just literally started when I was three as a hobby and then it's just turned into be bigger and better than I thought. Your life basically which is which is which is great I think it it translates so well with with the other sort of sports people that we've spoken to is that they tried everything They, they they didn't just sort of pigeonhole themselves into into one specific sport and then just try and make it they they kept their options as broad as they could and then they found the the passion project if if you know we, we had uh, mark o'brien he's a professional footballer and he was doing all sorts of irish sports beforehand um mm-hmm. we've just spoken to to james bracy who who is a professional cricketer and he's kept his um you know he kept his options open as a kid and he went through to university and and, and got into cricket through a for a formal education route rather than going through an academy so it's great to i didn't i didn't have a clue about any of these um sort of different routes into into professional sport but um you said there about sort of the the future in terms of moving from it becoming a project or a or a hobby and something that you love doing as a sort of three-year-old to maybe like a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old what is the that the, the, the parents that are also listening are going to have some questions about the the long-term viability of it as a as a as a career so what is the what is the progression in terms of education so you've got obviously you went to primary school secondary school and, and then a yeah, dance college. what's the, the, what's the further education so then after that um that was when I kind of realized then I was like yeah this is definitely what I want to do I just want to stick to doing my dancing I want to go to a big college um so they're called vocational colleges um you can go to dance universities which obviously your sister did Sammy she went to uni and did the dance there um so they have universities they have vocational colleges um so they're basically they're different in terms of like the government funds one, the government doesn't fund the other. So I went to a vocational college, government doesn't fund that. Universities, the government like funds those. Um, and also with the vocational colleges, you are literally active. Like I was in college some days, seven o'clock in the morning until half past six in the evening, pretty much every day. And it is literally full on. You're dancing, singing, acting like all day so yeah they um you could they're really do you know what it's really easy like i didn't i think if you don't know it's good to be able to have people that you can talk to like so like if people that are listening now don't know anything about it then obviously i'm free if anyone ever wants to like drop me an email or whatever then that's fine um because it is good to have someone that you can speak to because all I did was I literally just went on Google and just Googled like dance colleges, dance universities to see where I could progress on to next. Um, but yeah, so after I finished at SGS, I auditioned for colleges and I was unsuccessful. So I didn't get in and I, was, and I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like I've not got into these colleges that I want to get into. And I was kind of like freaking out because I didn't have anything behind me to like, fall fall on to let's say um so then I was really lucky and I just had like a brainwave of right I need to get my teaching behind me so I actually went and trained for three years and did my teaching so that I'd have my teaching qualifications backed up behind me and then still after the three years there I was like I still want to go off and I want to obviously like progress and become a professional dancer or musical theatre I just want to get into that so badly so I auditioned again and I was actually so much more successful 
that time and I don't know if it's because I had more knowledge I'd been away and studied and just like worked harder made myself better in terms of like my ballet and other styles of dancing and then I went to the universe at uh, the college and did three years there so yeah so what, what you're saying is there are loads of options and if people are worried about it as a turning into something that's a, a longer term career there are mm. there are plenty of options and you've got the formal academic route for university you've got the the vocational and the more practical route through mm. through through vocational colleges you can also then go into to dance schools you can probably go into sort of performing arts academies as well um and yeah. learn, yeah. learn through that way so so yeah i think what you know we need to be really conscious of is is, is parents who are listening to this who have, will have really young children that, that that don't know how to get into don't know how to get into that or are worried about the, the long-term viability of it but there's um as you said there are thousands and thousands of of, of roles for dance in you know in, in uk yeah. culture especially um so so ollie i believe you've got a question yeah you mentioned that when you were um at college and things you would do multiple um styles of dance in one day were you taught by was it one teacher would teach all the styles or, or do you have fundamentally different teachers for different styles? Yeah, we have different teachers. So you'll have, um, let's say, so they've probably got, when I went away to SLP, which is where I had graduated a few years ago, that's where I did my three years training to be a, I got like a level six diploma, a level six diploma in professional musical theatre. So there I had, they had, I think, four ballet teachers. And obviously, because there you are in year one, two, and three, obviously, then they go between the different years. But they would try and stick because in each year, you have either a dance course or a musical theatre course. So then, obviously, you need your two different ballet teachers for those courses. Um, but the, you kind of would get, like, you sometimes you would get to swap between the teachers which is nice but obviously it's good to stick more to having like your main teacher um just because obviously each teacher has different different ways that they teach even though it is still just one subject like your ballet let's say but those teachers would teach in like different ways that they prefer to so yeah but you would have loads of there'll be so many teachers at the college um will be teaching like different styles and stuff and they and they have probably all trained in different styles themselves as well so yeah i was just going to ask you about like because i don't really know much about dance i think from an outside perspective probably got quite a, a naive view on the boys in dance is probably quite stereotypical so when you're at college and now you're doing it like professionally what mm -hmm. are the boys is there many boys is it easy is it an easy route to get into do you know what there is such a shame because there aren't as many boys just because I think, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on here, but when a boy, like as soon as you say like a boy going into a dance, you just assume straight away that they're gay. And yeah. I think that that's the, why. That was the offensive stereotype I came, I, I mentioned earlier. Like, yeah. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, Billy Elliot has got a lot to answer for. There's, there's blood on the hands for the dad of Billy Elliot. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Car carry on. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it still is, and it's and it is sad because it is kind of still like that. I mean, it is now with these days, it is more acceptable and people are more accepting. But there are still like it is a shame because in some colleges there are not as many boys. But um, I would say if any boys want to go into into their training, like it will be 
in a sense it's easier for boys because there are not that many auditioning like there are not that many boys and they need the boys um for like partner work and stuff just everything so yeah um i just very quick one on on any lads who who might be considering getting into it and aren't gay the access to to women the access to you know as, as a younger person the access to women to in your free time thing. and the the <laughs> fucking bodies on the lads who are professional dancers i cannot tell you you know that the, you know you've just heard from danny for the last sort of 20 minutes on on the discipline on the the multi multi nature of their expertise you know they are fit lads these guys and they are you know their, their cores are rock solid so if you've got rock solid cores and you're dancing every day your body is an absolute temple and um yeah so if you are worried about this or you do have a young lad who who wants to get into dance and you know isn't gay but worries about the stereotype trust me get through the first couple of years of, of ribbon at school and when he's got all the all the girls hanging off his arm he'll be the one who is absolutely laughing so that is yeah. I mean, that's a massive point to make really yeah and do you know what as well it's it's sad that it is stereotyped um for boys because do you know what there is like um i can remember at sgs college obviously we had three lads um jodell lewis and t and do you know what they were not your stereotypical and they were just absolutely brilliant and they were absolutely amazing at what they did and they just kind of cracked on with it but I also think as well it is hard it's hard to turn around to a guy and just be like just do it like crack on with it it's fine because it is hard for them like they don't want that stereotype but it is becoming easier for boys now and I do just think don't ever be don't ever be worried to put your son into a dance class. Like, don't ever be worried about it because actually we, the dancing industry needs the boys and they'll just be absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah. I mean, I mean firstly... Link it up with the boys. I mean, I've got... I, I can I just take a bit of a snap there of you with that moustache saying the blokes with the bodies are amazing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I mean, that's going to go down fantastically well. Secondly, as you say, anyone that thinks that boy dancers are gay, I mean, what kind of planet are they on? They're dancing with some of the most gorgeous women on the planet. I mean, how does that make them gay? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, and thirdly, my question, I mean, it's quite interesting you mentioned, it was almost like you were describing my daughters earlier when you said about uh, ballet, tap, and then you had to give up your swimming and all that. I mean, it's a, my eldest is an amazing is, is an amazing swimmer. Swims for the no, swam for the county and all of that, and uh, swam for Bristol, all that, etc. Um, is there any other sports that you that you do? Obviously, dance is obviously now your mm-hmm. um, your key thing. Um, I mean, is there? I mean, do you still do? Do you still do swimming? You know, why did you pick um, dance over swimming? So with my swimming, actually, I was really high up in my swimming as well. Like I had, I did like all of, I got all of my swimming badges. I did all, like, I just was so high up with my swimming as well. But I don't know, just something said, I just, something felt right with the dance. And I just knew that that was, that was set for me. And that is what I needed to do. Um, But I used to do as well. I did cheerleading as well. I did that for a few years. Um, and what else my girls? <laughs> if you think the dancing lads are fit, the, the cheerleading lads are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. 
Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Did, I'm worrying about you now, but Charlie did lads. The cheer, cheerleading lads, mate. One of my best mates in in yeah. school. She was a cheerleader, and um, she was she was absolutely shit hot at it. But the lads that she used to hang around with, they they were all like 14, 15, six foot four, built like you know brick outhouses. Mm-hmm. They had you know, washboard abs at that age, and then the the career they go on to have because there's there's you know if if no one's dancing, there are absolutely no lads that are cheerleading. So if you've even got half a bit about you. Um, and you can chuck a, 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 a nine stone woman in the air. You are you you are you are made. They are ridiculous physiques, the cheerleaders. Ridiculous. Hey, I can chuck a fourteen stone woman in the air. Yeah, right. But God, Daddy, what were you saying? <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think what other things I did as well. And then I did like um, just a hobby of when I, when I used to go down to Cornwall in the summer and stuff. I used to surf as well. So I don't know. I'm just a bit. I don't do any other sports as in like. I've never played tennis before. Um, all of that sort of thing. I wouldn't bother. It's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they like squash. <laughs> you leave squash alone. Charlie, I believe you had, a, you had another question, mate. Yeah, because like, with football, it's quite well known that the men are more paid like, well than the women. I was just wondering if the dance, because it's more of a women-oriented sport, I don't know if you know, is the money more equal or does the women get more? Because it's more... I'm not actually sure with that, but um, I do know, let's say, for example, that um, so cruise ship jobs, if you go for the role of a singer dancer, so they'll mainly sing over the dance and like the dance and they'll do is like your back in dance and where you hardly do like any of your movement. And then you've got the dancer singer role. So the dancing then is really, really heavily based dancing. And you'll probably do a little bit of singing. I know that actually, if you're a singer, you get paid more than the dancers. So that's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, yeah, that to me, that has always never sat with me very well personally. And sorry if that offends anyone that is listening, but to me, that just doesn't sit well, like at all. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I know for pay wise I don't I don't think that you get paid more being a male or a female I literally just think it depends where you are like on like job role wise like you might be at the very bottom of that job role so you'll be getting paid less than somebody that's higher in that job role but I think that's it uh, uh, Ollie just leave you out a question mate yeah no I think my question's been covered actually all right so I wanted to move on to um so I've got two two major question points left, and we've got about seventeen minutes to to cover them before we uh, before we move on. Ideally, so um, my first question was about body image in dance. Now I've we've we've known each other quite a while. I think you know I wouldn't even know how long we've known each other, but always on on Instagram that I'm seeing, um, you know. The, 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 the body image in dance and, and it's something that and sort of body confidence etc is something that you've you've been on a real journey with it seems like from from someone who's a bit of an outsider from, from definitely outsider from your life is it seems to be something that's really important to you it seems to be something that you took a while to to sort of square almost and and, and sort of come to terms with um you know because if we think of ballet dancers for example you know i think of black swan where the you can see every single individual vertebrae going down her back and she's she's you know she's fit as a fiddle but she's thin and doesn't eat when she's not hungry and doesn't do doesn't do any of that sort of um you know eats because she she needs it as sustenance not because she enjoys it and she cuts out all of those sorts of passions and um i'm not saying that you eat for 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 reasons of excess but i'm just saying like the the classic body type is 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 a rake isn't it really like a really thin woman and 
and I'm not saying you're anything but a thin woman, but for someone like for someone like yourself to, to to suffer with with body confidence issues, looking the way that you do, is I think a really bad testament to the to the dance industry. I think without that looking to come across as crude, you're certainly the most attractive person we've ever had on the Tote and Bar podcast. Um, you know, only slightly, <laughs> only <laughs> only slightly ahead perhaps of me. But um, but for you for you to suffer with with body confidence issues and things like that, how, how has that affected the way that you've gone about doing things? How has that affected your career? You know, how has that affected your your access to opportunities? The the the, the prevail the prevailing dance dancer's body um, and that stereotype. How have you? How has it affected you and 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 limited your opportunities? Do you think? I mean, it has affected me. A lot because I still definitely struggle with body image like really really bad like I think obviously discussing this side is definitely going to be hard for like parents to listen to because I think that will probably make their mind up if they decide to send their child away to like a dance college let's say but I think it's important for people to know like the truth behind colleges and the dance industry like the dance industry i would say is horrendous for like body image it's so bad i mean god like i just look back at photos now of when i first started college it's like when i first started college obviously i probably was let's say i like i wasn't stick thin like a lot of people in my year in college were tiny like they were just so tiny they were really toned really tall really long legs and then there was me and i was just not like that and i was like right okay this is going to be hard um but still like i was a good dancer so i didn't ever see the problem with why just because of the way i looked would make me a bad dancer and um, I can remember when it came to assessments, one of the categories in your assessment bracket is um, like body, like what you, what you look like. So you would get scored out of 10 for how you look. That is outrageous. And, that is outrageous. Yeah I, yeah, I was always scored a measly like, five in ballet I was always scored a three um and I was like but I'm not a ballerina like I'm never going to be tiny like that's just the way I am and I can always remember going into the assessment feedback room and them saying like they'd get to the body bit and they'd be like oh you've scored a three for that and I'd be like yeah <laughs> I have scored a three for that and they'd be like well you just need to get into the gym every day and then that for me was then really hard because I'd be starting college in my first class at like eight o'clock in the morning, but then they'd want me to go to the gym either before college or after college. But I was so exhausted at the end of the day, but still I was like, right, I need to get my ass to the gym and stuff to like work out to try and lose weight. And you know, I struggled for three years and I lost weight in the end. And I think that was just because of how my body was then like, it was, obviously used to all of this hardcore training that I was doing and I toned up loads lost a load of weight and I still was told that my body was not good enough like it was really bad and I can even remember one of my teachers I knew she didn't like me because of the way that my body was like I just knew that I was not being picked for 
her show pieces because of the way I looked and she just didn't like me. I just knew it because of that. And she would always penalize me every time I went into the assessment feedback room for my body. Like it was so bad. Um, I just, yeah, for me, it's, it is crazy. And I just don't think you can be like, you could be like the biggest dancer, like as in like body weight, but you could be so good at what you do. And I just don't think that, looks should just be a massive thing i just really shouldn't it's so hard to talk about it really is just very quickly on that for just sorry andy i, I know i said you next but i just want to jump on that very quickly so you um I'm, I'm such a hashtag professional producer um so you you mentioned there that you've been discriminated against etc now you know it's, it's it's i think it's ridiculous it's absurd to hear that i think it's absolutely it's an absolute joke that someone who looks the way you do and has never been like you know i've known you since you were uh, one of those 16 17 potentially at the college um yeah. and you've 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 never even been what anyone would describe as sort of curvy you know you've, you've always had like you've, you've always been in like fit and, and, and a dancer's you know as far as i was concerned and, and to, to my sort of untrained eye that you know you, you were never black swan but you were always you know in in you know fit enough to to hurl yourself around a dance floor for for two minutes yeah. at high speed and it's mm -hmm. yeah i think you're absolutely right it's ludicrous that you're um discriminated against for for the way you look how mm -hmm. do you feel things like strictly come dancing handle that because there's always a joke candidate on Strictly Come Dancing. There's always, you know, an Anne Whittakam candidate who's basically a fridge being thrown around a dance floor at her age. You know, there's always, there's always, you know, this year's Bill Bailey, who was maybe gone and, and had the bloke who, you know, the bloke with a mullet Ed dancing balls. around. Yeah, but, you know, and this year I think Bill Bailey's made a fucking mockery of him a little bit because he turns out to be ridiculously good at some of the stuff that he's doing. So yeah. how do you think Strictly's handled that? How do you think, have they been positive for dance? Have they been negative for the people who, who don't look like a ballerina to go into dance? Do you know what? I, personally, for me, I just, and I do think that is, that is so correct. Like they do kind of make a mockery of the people that aren't your stereotypical dancer. Um, so yeah, I don't think they handle it well, re like really, like I don't think that's handled very well. And it is, it's always the same. It's always the people that are not your stereotypical dancer look, lookalikes are always made a mockery of. And I don't know why that should ever be allowed. Yeah, it's a, to shock at someone who's in their 70s on, who, you know, was, mm -hmm. a, was a career politician and was never known for her, her, her nimbleness and, and is not a dancer, <laughs> to chuck her on and judge her for her dancing, but sort of score mm -hmm. her in the same way that they'd score professionals or score us in the same way that she'd be scored versus someone who's, who's had a, you know, a formal dance training. I think she, I don't know what year she was on, but, you know, it's very rare that someone who, someone who wins Strictly to Come Dancing hasn't had a performing arts background. So for a politician mm -hmm. who was in her 70s at the time to go on and, and she, she stood out and she looked, she looked really really bad because she was really bad and she was I think she was made an absolute an absolute mockery of there I really do and I, I, I'm glad you sort of echo that actually because I've always found Strictly quite a it's quite a dated format now anyway but it's also quite a it's, it's, it's sort of it's sort of poverty porn really and it? it's sort of let's take the piss out of the idiots and that yeah. shouldn't be like that no art should be like that but um Andy I believe you've, you've got a question next yeah I mean as you say let's take the piss out of the idiots so um I'm expecting you to be on there next year um, but uh, <laughs> I just wondered whether or not, Danny, um, does that still go on, the body thing? You know, obviously, oh, yeah. 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're, you're old or anything, but you're a bit older. You've, you've done there, been there, got the t-shirt. So when you were that age, it was done. Does it still happen now? Yeah, because even that when was we know, the... you know, all the things that go on with, you know, you know, mental health and um, eating uh, disorders and all that, does it still happen? Yeah, I mean, I only graduated two years ago, so that is really recent. Like, it's still going on. I mean, I, it, I know that it's still going on because I actually put up a Facebook post, probably, oh God must have been like a couple of months ago it wasn't that long ago I put up a Facebook post and I basically just exposed my college for all of the way that they treated me and other people and I know for a fact that it's still going on because I had girls message me personally that are in their first year at that college saying that they would tell people to like get over themselves and stuff and just like literally like and they are fully to the point like they will say like you need to lose weight or and it's just yeah it's really bad like I know someone that was on there and she was in the year below me and do you know what she is absolutely gorgeous she came from she came from like ballet ballet background like I think she went to not the oh it's either the royal ballet or she was just at some sort of ballet school um, and she came to college and I know that she ended up having an eating disorder and she was still told that she was too big. And you just think how, I don't know, it's just really bad. And I know that teachers left the college because of how some of the teachers were with students telling them that they needed to lose weight. I know that one teacher left the college because they were in a they were in a show meeting and one of the teachers turned around and said, well, the only way we can get them to lose weight is by getting them to stand in front of the mirror in just a crop top and shorts and get them to jump up and down. And like nice. literally to get us to stand in front of a mirror, jumping up and down. And if we could see anything wobbling, then obviously we needed to lose weight. So that is outrageous. College, so yeah. yeah. That is, that is absolutely outrageous. And, and and to think that's going on in this day and age when we know all about now, you know, it's, it's not the seventies, you know, when, mm -hmm. you know, princess Di and all that was told that she had to lose weight because she was doing a bit of bulimic and all that. This is in 2020 and we've got actual teachers telling people to lose weight because they jump up and down and something might quite wobble. Oh, my ass. Is it Somebody not? Is to be it, yeah. about that. I'm sorry. Is it not a breach of their duty of care? If they've got a duty of care to the way that you, you, you know, your mental and physical health, how, how what's, what, what's being done about it? Is there any sort of, is there anything in the industry that's, that's, that's saying like, we just can't keep behaving like this? And also, you know, the, the paradigms of beauty have changed as well, haven't they? You know, um, I don't want to say it quite crudely, but sort of the thicker women in inverted commas are currently vogue, aren't they? You know, the, the, the stick thin mm -hmm. supermodel body type isn't, isn't what the public finds attractive anymore and i think that mm -hmm. is dance sort of behind the curve on that are there are there other activists within the dance sectors who are who are making obviously you aside is there anyone else who's, who's making noises about the way that, that that dancers are being treated well do you know i know there are a lot of people that are because even let's say you're just just normal new, normal people that are 
not your stick thin stereotype but are not your curvy type let's say even they will be i like i did see somebody post on facebook not long ago must have been a year ago she went to an audition and was told that she needed to lose weight so she went back and she had lost weight and then she was still told that she was still too big and it's just it's absolutely crazy like it is still going on and I don't know I just think do you know what it, it needs to stop because your image should never define you as a person anyway and it shouldn't define if you're a good dancer or a bad dancer if you can dance and you can dance that's just how it is I think that's just should be how it is um and yeah I just think I don't know I think body just body image anyway in general is such a massive thing not even in dance just like for a normal human being like you have to look this so say type of way you know and I just think it's crazy like it is really it's really really hard because I will turn around to people and I will say to them because I obviously had to look in a mirror every single day I was in a leotard and I just you do you end up analyzing every tiny thing about your body because you're just looking at yourself constantly every single day and I was still like I'll always say to people I'll be like oh my god I look so big in that and they're like well you're not big and I'm like but because it's been drilled into my head for three years that I am overweight let's say it just it gets stuck with you and you just don't know what is right and what is wrong anymore unbelievable it's unbelievable yeah. I can't believe Absolutely the scale of that unbelievable yeah i think we'll, yeah, post your, we'll post your social media links in a you know along with the website along with the, the the podcast episode so hopefully a few people will will come in and check out what you do but for for anyone to see your instagram you know off the face of it for anyone to consider you overweight is an apps is it's outrageous i can't believe like i cannot believe the scale of it it's unbelievable ollie mm. i believe you've you've got a question mate so i i just had a couple of quick points and i sort of come from a footballing background and i remember like about 10 years ago well, I was like 14 or whatever and we were put through some quite stringent fitness tests and if you weren't meet we were doing um the bleep test and if basically if you didn't meet the um the requirements to you would be told to do it again and I at the time I thought that was really harsh but what you've said there is was was there no fitness surely if you meet the fitness requirements that would be enough for you to be okay I understand dance is slightly different obviously to football but that just mm -hmm. seems absolutely mind-boggling that you can be perfectly fit perfectly able to complete your routine or your training or whatever mm -hmm. and you're still told you're not that it's not acceptable that seems absolutely baffling yeah like do you know what i think if you can get on on a stage and literally just i think if you are if you can show that you're fit enough to like get through a routine yeah then that should be fine. And I think, let's say, for instance, if if I was to be put in place in charge of that college and we were doing the assessments, I'd get rid of that body image column, get rid of that. And then you should have like your fitness, but not as in bringing that body type back into the fitness column, but having it as if you're doing that assessment for an hour and you look tired and you can't get through it, then you'll be marked down lower, let's say. That I don't think, fair, it? yeah, I just don't think yeah. it should be done on, well, you're over, you look overweight, so you're being scored down low. So, yeah. yeah. My, my, my other point was, I 
to play devil's advocate a little bit about the Strictly Come Dancing point, do you not think there's, there's an argument that Strictly being on primetime Saturday night television mm-hmm. takes dance to a wider audience that, would ev- that, would, that it would previously ever get? I don't, probably I don't, wouldn't watch dance normally, but Strictly Come Dancing, it's viewed by millions of people every week. Mm-hmm. So I understand the points about it being taking the mickey out of certain people. But I also think it shows real progression that people can take up dance and make real yeah. progression at quite a speed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I do think as well, like the people that do go on there and they've got like literally no dance experience or hardly any, it does show like their progression yeah. and they do so well. And I also think as well with, because it is on national TV, they probably do have to play to the fact of it is showbiz. So they are, they do need to kind of have some sort of entertainment, but I do just think it is kind of crappy at the same time that you have to have your typical joker sort of kind yeah. of person. But yeah, no, no, no. I do. Uh, I do agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. I suppose in a way it's a bit like X factor, isn't it? When they, when, you know, they, they have the, the, the good people at the, uh, you know, who go to the finals, but they show the, the idiots, if you like, in inverted yeah. commas, who can't sing for Toffee, you know, and look at the auditions here, look how crap they are. Let's all have a laugh at them. Now here are the good ones, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason the freak show sold out many tickets back in the day, wasn't it? It was because people want to watch the, the people worse than them have a go at something. They find that entertaining. I, I, I do get it. And I, Ollie, you make a great point about it, putting it front and centre of the national talking point. You know, it's, it's, it's headline news for 11 weeks a year. It's, 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 been, it, it's probably been a net positive for, for introduction to dance, exposure to dance, um, people taking up dance. It probably has been a net positive for that. And it's certainly inspired the next generation of ballroom dancers. Um, you know, they all talk about growing up watching Strictly on the telly now, the sort of 18-year-old professionals that are on there. So it's, it has been a net positive, but I just don't think it needs the the the, the speaky weight machine or the, the the sort of the knobhead in the corner who's who's, who's being thrown around because that you know it, I just don't I just don't think it needs that. I think I think it cheapens it and make it slight, makes it slightly slightly tacky for me. I think that's why I don't really watch it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I I do take the point completely. It has been a net positive for for exposure. I just want to come on to the sort of final topic with you, Danny, if that's all right in terms of the interview. Yeah. Um, you mentioned right at the top of the conversation. Look at that, right at the top. I'm such a professional producer these days. <laughs> you mentioned right at the top of the conversation that um, you, you'd you sort of fallen out of love a little bit or fallen out of way a little bit in 2020 with with dance. Now, there's been a few things for that's, that have happened in 2020, to put it mildly, that, that, that have sort of really affected the, the, the performing arts sector of, of, of public life. But what is it about... What is it about 2020? What what was there a seminal moment? Has it been a collection of minor things? Like what's happened to you to 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 be put off from dance? I think it's been a collection of things. Definitely the whole, like for me, my college experience with the whole body weight thing and all of that sort of side wasn't so great, and that did kind of make me fall out of love with dance a bit. Um, so yeah, like because I do you know I look back at the old times and I think, oh my god, I was so in love with my dancing and I'd love to go back and just get to go back to the start and kind of find out what it was that made me fall out of love with it but then I think also this like 2020 has kind of been a break for me to actually realize how toxic the college was as well with the things of like the issue with like the body weight stuff and I think that is kind of what made me fall out of love with it and I will 
always see myself as not being that good of a dancer because of the way I look. And I just think, yeah, I think that's definitely made me fall out of love with it. So you move it on to, to, to bigger and better things. And obviously with, with the with the performing arts sector being completely, you know, jettisoned basically for sort of nine months this year, you, you've had nowhere to perform, you know, for, for yourself, the, the nightclubs have been shut, the theatres have been shut, mm-hmm. like there's nowhere for you to make money when you're dancing this year. So it must've been yeah. a really, really tough year for you this year. Yeah, it's it's been really hard. And I just think like there's only as well, so many online classes that you can do because you you don't get the same experience as being in a class you don't have all of the people to like vibe off of if that makes sense like you don't it's just so odd when you're doing it at home it's really not it's really hard because then you have the all things of like connection of like are you actually in time with the music because i don't know if sometimes it comes across slower and yeah, they might be lagging yeah yeah and it is really hard so I just think for the performing arts and just the whole industry itself, like we have really been like let down by this year. And it is sad to say that I, I know it, I know that this whole year has been like a massive thing, but it's like, it's one thing and it's just kind of let the whole industry go downhill. It's really sad. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really tough year and I've, it's one of the reasons it is probably the main reason I wanted to get you on really was your sort of, I've, I've, I've noticed from afar since we started doing this podcast, I think getting a dancer on was, was pretty much the first conversation we had was who can we get on? Okay. My sister was, my sister is a professional dancer you know you're and she's i don't want to get sammy on because i just don't think that would uh would be a good dynamic me just be like oh, fucking fucking shut up sam um so, so getting one of her pals on is a, is, a, is is fantastic and i think you've you know you've been absolutely amazing and really candid and really opened all of our eyes to to everything that we've we've sort of thrown at you um so we'll sort of come on to that in a second uh, any final questions anyone andy you've got your hand up yeah did you did, did you say luke that, 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 danny did you go and were you cheerleading in India? No, that was my oh, sister. That was Sammy. Yeah, that was Sammy. Apologies. I didn't know if you were there as well. I just wonder what that was like, you know, going over to India for the IPL. That was all. But no, that's completely irrelevant and completely wrong. <laughs> so we've, we've, just as a sort of summation, like we've, we've covered here, you know, without going into any real detail about the, the career opportunities, you know, Danny's brought up cruise ships, Andy's just brought up cheerleading in India. Um, you know, you've got the West End, you've got music videos, you've got contemporary, you've got nightclub dancing, um, you know, you've got professional ballroom dancing. There are so many strands and, and elements to it that we couldn't possibly yeah. begin to cover all of it in, in, in an hour and a bit. Um, mm. But it, it is amazing how the, the, the sheer level of, of expertise you've got to have in so many different areas of dance and and and, and ability of of of, mm-hmm. of keeping time to different music almost is it's it's absolutely insane like easily the most talented wide range of sports person we've had because we've had a right back come on and then we've had someone who can who can catch and bat a ball but for the things that you you can do and things that you need to do no no no, no. it wasn't a right back it was center half mate center, center half sorry so even even less talented <laughs> And, um... <laughs> definitely, definitely. The right backs are the most talented players in the in the in the team. That's where I played. So it's 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 insane, really. Um, but for, sort of a last question from from all of us on on the interview mm-hmm. side um, is is what's next? What's the next project? What can we what can we plug? Is is there anything we can lend our 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 voices to? Is there any campaigns that that you want to sort of highlight and, and make sure that we highlight so that everyone everyone's aware of it? do you know what it's really hard because there's not like a specific at the moment i mean 
just for the whole industry itself it is so it's just it's just not got like no one see it feels like no one is helping like there's there's there was like the massive thing um on broadway and loads of other places like they've done they've gone outside of their theaters and done like performances and it's been put onto facebook and stuff and whatever but it's just kind of like it hits that point and then that's it it's just like a massive wall and it just seems to be going nowhere but obviously i know that um loads of places like theatres and stuff like they are hopefully trying to put on like Christmas shows and stuff but obviously we just don't know with what's going on at the moment like I know that my mum messaged me earlier and she's trying to book um tickets to go and watch Beauty and the Beast when that comes to I think it's coming to Bristol Hippodrome next year um but who even knows if that's going to go ahead and I know that theatres are trying to work so hard to take seats out and make sure that it's all done so that we can get back into theatre and stuff again but I don't know I just think it is a case of if you ever see any any sort of performing videos anything just share it um and just pass it on to anyone but yeah for myself as well I don't know what what I'm going to be doing next um I'm just just waiting for like auditions to get back up and running again and yeah so it is literally a waiting game it's actually a waiting game i have no idea myself it's so hard to know i don't think dance can afford to lose a voice like yours i genuinely don't i think your, your social media profile is, is is quite large you've got quite a lot of you know a big instagram following i don't have facebook so i've no idea what your facebook following is but i'm sure it's i'm sure it's a lot bigger than than all of ours but um but i i don't think dance can afford to lose such an articulated knowledgeable knowledgeable critic um I, I i think you've you absolutely blown my mind this in during this interview i can't can't thank you enough and i think your our listeners will will feel the same because i think when we announce the fact that we're speaking to a dancer i think we're going to have quite a lot of people being like oh fuck that we're rovers fans or we're we're, we're for the football and the beer um you know wh why are you talking to, to a dancer and i think you know we're gonna have to encourage people to, to really give this episode a chance but um but no, I, I think that's been for me, the, the, my, we say this every time we do it, but that's been my favourite conversation that we've we've had. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. Um, as I say, we're two girls, um, you know, 13 and 11, that grew up dancing. You know, as, as, as Danny said, I can remember taking Paige and Emily to ballet at, when they were sort of four and five, six years old, you know, and then, and then it was tap dancing, uh, and then it was cheerleading, you know, mm -hmm. and then Paige got involved with her swimming and that was in and away. And it was got to a point where we couldn't afford both. So we had to pick and she picked swimming and, and then what, you know, so everything she was saying, it was like describing my girls, you know, so, okay. you know, absolutely brilliant. And Emily is now at a point where she went to, went from cheerleading to, um, do it street dance. Uh, they both done street dance is another one. Um, then so then I like gymnastics and yeah. she was being chucked up in the air by you know six six or seven other kids who are a lot bigger than her and she's flying through the air and I'm sitting there watching shows, um, shitting myself thinking don't drop her, don't drop her, please don't drop her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and she's now at a point where she wants to go back to doing dancing again. You know, mm. and it's great. You know, I mean, don't ever, obviously what I've said, don't let it put you off and don't let it put her off because obviously it is different for everyone and I know that there probably are colleges that won't 
be like the experience that I had but I just know personally that that college that I went to not a great experience with that but um yeah it's you know what it's different for everyone and I don't think that she should be put off by anything bad that I have said in tonight um and also as well if there are like before people think oh my god dancer like they just kind of prance around and do nothing there is I don't know what video it is you may have to YouTube it but there is a video of either footballers or rugby players that actually go and do a ballet lesson have you ever seen that yeah it's yeah rugby. it's some yeah. um, I think it's Woodward got the uh England side that won the World Cup mm, you know John yeah. and Delario and all that doing yeah. ballet and yeah. a lot of them about 30 or 35 minutes in were absolutely fucked yeah they couldn't, like, they, they, couldn't they couldn't deal with it yeah like know? i honestly it is it's not just prancing around like it is it is hard work it is so strenuous like there were days when i would get up and my body would be aching so bad and i'd be like well i've got an hour and a half of ballet and then an hour and a half of jazz technique straight after then I've got singing for an hour and a half, but then I go back into commercial after that for an hour and a half. And I think my body is just too stiff. Like I could hardly like lift up my arms, but you've just got to crack on with it and do it. And I just think, yeah, it would, it would have been interesting to be able to have like filmed a day in the life of what I did just to show people, but it is so much harder than people actually think. I think people just think that we just kind of, do nothing really but <laughs> prance around all day <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> yeah, no believe me I, I mean so I've, I've watched my girls do a you know a, a kids lesson and I'm sat there thinking oh, I don't fancy that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and for anyone with a with a football bias there was um Graham Potter when he took over Ossesons in Sweden and took them to the Europa League knockout stages he made his team do a performance of Swan Lake so we've rounded it off nicely by starting with ballet and coming back to ballet with professional footballers so if that's not the content you want listeners if that's not the content you've been crying out for I don't know stop listening like piss off basically because I don't, I don't know what <laughs> no, more no, we can no, do no, 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 no. They, they, don't, don't give him an excuse Luke yeah true but um, I think I think we're, we'll wrap up the, the interview part of it here, if that's all right with everyone else, if, ever, if, if there's no further questions. I think I'm really excited to move on to the, to the music side of it. It's, it's something that I, I've been buzzing for since I came up with the idea of stealing someone else's idea. And um, it, I really can't yeah. wait to move yeah, on. Yeah. So, and, and, and whose idea is you still? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know his name. Um, he's irrelevant. Um, do not yeah, say it. Yeah, we do yeah, not yeah. want the do not want their lawyers coming after us. So so thank you, Danny. If everyone could give Danny a little round of applause for that, because that was amazing. No, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but we'll um. What By I do the know way, is you I'm... stole my idea. I gave you the idea for music. Nobody yeah, else. Did. Fuck Colin Murray. Fuck him. You know, it's my idea. Right, I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to have to hang up because I want this in two different audio files. So I'm going to stop recording yeah. now. Right, so we're going to move on to the second part of um, of the Turret and Bar podcast. Danny's sticking around and is going to join in with some of the answers. Um, still joined by Ollie, Andy and Charlie. Um, we're going to do a bit of a special here. Uh, we've not done this before, um, so I'm sure it's going to be an absolute disaster. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to basically rip off Blood on the Tracks. So I don't know if you've listened to, to Blood on the Tracks, but it's a, it's a music podcast where um, a host and four guests comes on 
and we just talk about music, talk about tracks. I'll set the questions, and then the sort of the conversation can flow as organically as possible from that. Um, I just want to make a, a quick disclaimer: I've not told anybody what song they're allowed to use. I've not been editorialised on anybody whatsoever. But Danny did want to pick a, a Robbie Williams song, and I said there is absolutely no circumstances I will ever play a Robbie Williams song. It's my own. Whoa, 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 whoa! There is a reason why. I will explain why. We'll there go is on a that. Well, well, there's pick, nothing wrong with Robbie Williams. She did pick two songs. It's not like I told her which song to go for. She picked two. It was it was Robbie Williams <laughs> or something else. And um, she well, was obviously Robbie having Williams else. is clearly the correct answer. Well, <laughs> you will you will come to rue those words. So the format is: I will I will score everyone's answers. I don't know how I'm going to do that because I I need to get a pen and paper. I will score everyone's answers, Number, and then numbers would be a good start. I think you might be right, and then. At the end of the six questions, we're going to have a final round. And the break was supposed to be for me to come up and make up the final round because I've moved away from what I was going to do. And I haven't done it. So I'm going to have to make up with it, make it up literally midway through the, the conversation. But I'm sure we'll be all right. The best Tommy um, Williams song would be a good shout for the, for the last song, the last one. I, I mean, mean, he's got you, so many. How can you even answer it? Um, well, because he's got loops. So I will pick... The sort of the, the, you know, I will rank everyone in order of one to four. The people who come third and fourth will then join me as a two-person jury for the final, and we will then decide between the three of us who will win our jukebox duel. Oh no, no, no! Headline news because I, I don't know if you know, Danny. I live in Wales. It's oh, okay. um, not our fault. Apparently, yeah. apparently, I'll just put a I bed mean, underneath this of like charity music and I'll have no, some they, Coldplay. <laughs> they've lost they they've lost the snake and the spider <laughs> and there's now concerns as to the local um the local wildlife as to being eaten by the snake and the spider apparently and it, it's on the main six o'clock news tonight in um in south wales that apparently we've got creatures running wild and gonna be devastating the wildlife of south wales yeah, but to be fair, with, there's been the creatures luck, from Newport for years as well. Make their way to South Wales, uh, into Newport, and get rid of some of the wildlife that we got living next to me. <laughs> oh, come on, let's get on with it. This is a shambles. Yes, like fuck for that, right? So we start by um, just running through the sort of the list of questions, and then we'll move on to the final at the end. Um, so what I want to do first of all is is we'll start with we'll start with the question number one, which is um, a really good place to start for for, for most questions. Um, so I get the ultimate decision here, which is fantastic, but also a bit of a stitch up for me in the future because whoever hosts this next and lets me pick the tunes, I'm never going to win. So, you know, I, I will try and be fair to everybody. Um, and and I know, think, you know, that's going to be me. Yeah. That's going to be you in the next one. So bear that in mind, Luke. Yeah. So we'll move on to, to, to the Blonde the Tracks bit of the podcast now. Um, and um, I'll start with the, the sort of question number one. I'll ask it to you, Andy. So question number one for the, for the benefit of listeners was what's your, what's the guy's happy song? You know, what is a song that you listen to whenever you want to start feeling great or you, whenever you want to start feeling good? What is the one that you sort of, you sort of go to straight away? And Andy, we'll start with you for this. Okay. So you, you'll probably notice that in my um, choice of songs throughout this, there is a bit of a, a 90s bias. Um, it was probably the era that, well, not probably, it was the era that I was growing up in. Um, and for me, probably the best, along with the 60s uh, era of music. Um, I am a massive fan of all things 90s, whether it be dance, whether it be um, indie and all of that. And for me, 
the song that makes me feel happy, if you like, is the Barbershop Adagio with Strings by uh, William Orbit, the Ferry Corsten mix. So why, why does this song make you feel so good? What is it about it that, that, that does make you feel great? Um, I mean, I had a, uh, a birthday in the, in the 90s, obviously. Um, oh, just one? Well, just uh, one? Like, like a vampire? Yes, but no, but a key birthday. Um, and uh, a few of us went down to Bournemouth um, and went to a nightclub, uh, you know, not there, unfortunately, called the Opera House. Um, and it's, it, it was literally an old opera house, hence the name. Um, and it was a huge nightclub. And this song came on um, with all the lights and the smoke and everything. And that bass line, it just kicked in there. You know, it's just, for me, you know, it was just everything. For me, it typifies the 90s, which is my, my, my era, if you like, my, my decade. And, um, absolutely love this song. Um, and uh, I'll talk about the 90s if you want. Um, for me, it's an absolute unreal era of music because you had tunes like this, and we'll come on to some of the indie a bit later in my selections, but there was films made, you know, they call back Kevin and Perry go large with this sort of music was the, the key thing. And um, Fucking hell, if you're putting I, Kevin and Perry go large as the <laughs> signpost for the quality of a decade, no, but, you, you have absolutely films fucked your made, argument Films there. were made, you know, you had Iron Appa, Ibiza, um, you know, all of the, these it, places where you go on holiday now and go clubbing. It was because of the 90s. It was because of songs like this, you know. And when this song comes on, I just smile because it reminds me of just so many good nights out because when I was going out clubbing um, and hiring shoes from chasers, <laughs> this was the sort of the sort of music that was that was on, you know, trance, you know. I, I, I was a DJ myself for a little bit, only for a little bit. Um, and this was the sort of thing I was playing. And for me, this song... You know, it's absolutely unbelievable. Just the different kick into the, the bass and the kick into the different tune, you know, the different type of song. You know, using the you know the chords and the strings at the start. You know, and it, it's just the, the remix of it. The whole the whole way that the song is put together um, was the start, if you feel like, of DJs, the Boy Georges, and your Tall Pauls and your Judge Jules's. Right, I muted him. What does everyone else think of the song? Ollie, have you, do, you, do you know this song? Do you, have, you ever, have you ever listened to this song before? I think three minutes no. of a band explaining it. Are you feeling, are you feeling happy? Are you feeling some, you know, are you feeling some yeah. kind of way listening to this tune? I'll be completely honest, the song's irritating me. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about you, Daddy? Um, for me, like, I, I do love this kind of music. However, it's not a happy song for me. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I think I think it's not a song that I, if I wanted like a pick me up or a or a song to go to yeah. and be like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm feeling down. Let's get me in a good mood or let's let's pick me up and let get me buzzing. It's not the something I would put on, but I think if you grew up in that era, then I think you can sort of understand why he's picked it. And it is a good song, you know, when it comes on in the club, me, it's absolutely massive. But for me, music isn't about the actual song; it's about the memories. I agree with that. And the reason. The reason that this song is my happy song isn't because the song is brilliant, isn't because the song is a pick you up that, you know, 
oh, I'm so happy, happy along, and all, you know, it's not like that. You know, it, it's ha my happy song because, you know, when I was at a time where I was happy, this song was normally playing. And so when I'm down, I can put this on and I don't just think, oh, what a happy song. I, I go back to that time when I was in a happy place. I go back to that era. I go back to that nightclub. I go back to, to Bristol Road, which is Torquay, away from home. And, you know, we just stuffed them 4-0. And this song was on in the pub, you know, after the game. You know, that for me is what music is about. It's not just about the tune and the actual music. It's about the memories that you have when you are listening to that song, maybe for the first time or when you are out with your mates having a good time and that song comes on and when you you know there's, there's different times in football when you see a game come on the telly and you go back to it and you get the chills down your spine because you remember it you know the lee brown goal every time i see that i get the chills down my spine still yeah, now. you think of a you think of the so, fucking as the as the tannoy coming over can the person in our floor <laughs> stop stop hugging random members of the public because bristol rovers have scored Absolutely, absolutely. But I still get chills, you know, and I get chills when certain songs come on because it reminds me of certain times in my life where I was just, you know, I didn't have a mortgage to pay and I didn't have all these bills. And I didn't have, I wasn't down on all this. And, I, you know, it reminds me of times where I was happy-go-lucky and I could just go out and have a good time. And, and that song for me was my time where I could just go out and just chill and be me. Right. Interesting justification. Not many points, because I don't think it is a happy song, but I, I see why you picked it. Uh, Danny, what song have you picked and, and why is it your happy song? Okay, so I picked this. Actually, I discovered it. Wait, this is not my song. No, it's not. Who, whose song was that? That's mine. Oh, it's Charlie. <laughs> Sorry about that. Charlie. Charlie. We're slick. We're slick, mind. Take it over. Why is this a happy song? Well, because well, my life's quite football orientated, and I feel whenever Rovers win, it's always a good weekend. If they don't win, it's a shit weekend. I'm delighted when Rovers win. And then, but the first time I come home and this come on, and I was thinking, fucking hell, this is a good song. And so ever since carried on, I just play it whenever Rovers win. It's a great song. What's it called? Weekend in Paradise. Can I just, Charlie, can I just make a quick point there? If your weekend is dictated by Rovers winning or losing, you're going to spend so many weekends disappointed, mate. <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same thing, Ollie. <laughs> I've got mates that genuinely, if Rovers lose, they'll go home. They won't go for beers after the game. It's their weekend trashed. I, I couldn't be like it myself. I am thinking though, I don't know about it, I've never heard this song before and I've not listened to the playlist at all since putting it together. I really can, it is a really good, solid, quite kick. Yeah. It's quite a sort of, every two beats there's a, there's a nice kick drum there. It's actually quite a, it's quite a happy song this. Um, I think it's, it's definitely another brief. Danny, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, absolutely. Just lost you slightly on the audio there. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Just losing you a bit on the audio. Ollie, what were you going to say? It reminds me a bit of Jerry Cinnamon, to be honest. 
Yeah, absolutely. That sort of one-man band with a, a literally one-man band with all with all the symbols etc. behind him. Yeah. yeah, I quite agree with that. Monksy, what are your thoughts? I've not I've not heard it before. Never heard of the song. Um, as you say, it's a very happy beat. It's got a good beat to it, but um, you know, it's a happy song certainly. But you know, and if if for Charlie that. You know, gives him happy memories. Is it? You know, I'm going to be biased with this because for me, music is about memories, and you know, it's very personal, and that's my view. But yeah, very happy beat, very Irish sounding. I'm a big fan of Irish music. You know, it's got that sort of, you know, get on the drum, you know, with your double beater and and give it a whack. You know, a bit Mumford and Sons, I would say, for probably for my era. Um, yeah, except, except the fact he scouts are spot on. Say it again, Char. Except for the fact he's scouts, that analogy is spot on. Well, I didn't say it was Mumford and Sons. I said it sounded like Mumford and Sons, you fucking <laughs> moron. Ali, let's try you again. What, what were your thoughts? We, we lost you completely on the audio. I don't know if it's because maybe when the music's playing, my audio doesn't work sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, it's got a really good, like, feel-good beat behind it the whole way through. Um, yeah. It's not. I've not heard it before, but it's definitely a. That's definitely a feel-good song. Yeah, I think that's a, a really solid choice. I think it's been two yeah. very different, but very very interesting choices so far. So mm. what I'm going to do is cut this, so I didn't look like a complete fucking clown to start with. Danny, why don't you talk us through your um your happy song? Uh, <laughs> and talk us through talk us through what what makes you feel good when you listen to this song. Okay, so this song I actually discovered it when I was in my second week, a job that I started when I had just graduated from college and literally had it on like six times a day like on repeat um and i never actually listened to like the rest of the album at all but then i think i put the album on my spotify in the car and then i literally was like yeah this whole album is just a feel-good album i don't know let's just take a moment to, to listen to it because i've not heard this yet at all very similar in that sort of two-step beat again isn't it from from charlie's song it's very similar i wonder what it is about that that note pattern that makes people feel feel good because it is the obvious sort of feel good um the obvious choice i think monksy went with a with a left field choice which is always good for things like this because otherwise the conversation is just going to be pretty boring but is it is it lyrically that you like about this song like what is it what is it he's talking about that that, that sort of speaks to you i would I'd definitely say it's probably the lyrics, like some of the lyrics in it, just like how it is, like literally everything, like the world is like a good, like it is, can be a nice place. Um, I don't know. I just, I literally, this song, I'll put it on in my car and I'll, I'll think I'm in like a music video or something. I'll just be having a great crack when it's on in the car. <laughs> Are you, is anyone else like me a bit of a poser when music comes on? So I'll, I'll put tunes on when I get in the shower and I'll pretend to be like, you know, everyone will just pretend to be like the lead singer in a band and they'll sing themselves in the mirror and they'll mime and they'll, they'll be, they'll be headlining Nebworth in, you know, 1999 or whatever it was in their head. And obviously they're just stood in front of the mirror in the shower. And um, I, yeah, songs like this, when you just, they just come on and you just vibe. Yeah, Ollie, go on. Genuinely, and I, I'm not just saying this, in, when I'm singing, to my own ears, I, I think I sound amazing. I obviously understand I'm not. I, I understand I'm not. But when I'm listening to myself sing, I think I sound outstanding, genuinely. That's not even, I'm not even taking the mickey. To my own ears, I think I sound amazing. Why, why are you not amazing? Well, because everybody else laughs. 
because I look I look like a right belter and I sound like and I sound excruciatingly bad, but to my own ears, <laughs> but I'll be I'll be I'll be singing a song along with the words and I can't notice a difference between me and the artist. I think I'm as good as that artist, genuinely. Oh, that's I think it, if, you, a, if you started singing a the Wurzels song, mate, that's a good. <laughs> I think if you started singing the Wurzels, mate, you'd, you'd absolutely smash that. I'm I am a cider drinker. <laughs> well, that's they are Bristol's answer to One Direction, mate. Don't be don't be slagging off the Wurzels. If you're from the side of the river, yeah. Mate, one of them was a Rovers fan. They got killed by a tractor. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this? It's quite similar to mine. It's quite upbeat in it. But, yeah, agreed. You know, I think it's the notes that really like make it a song upbeat rather than it's quite quick paced. It's all right. Yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a good choice. Um, yeah, I've I've scored it. I won't tell anyone what the scores is until the midway point. But um, yeah, well, I I've got we... to say it. Do I not get to say them? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just about coming on to you, mate. What what do you reckon? All right. But you, you take about two hours to answer it, so I thought I'd be last. Well, you know, yeah, you know, because I had to. I had to take two hours because I had to explain the theory. I just didn't, didn't go for the easy option of a song with the same beat like the last two have been, you know, and all of that. Loads of points for that. Loads and loads of points for that. You know, I went for something you know that, that meant something, you know. But no, I got to say, I got. I do know this song, and it's a cracking, cracking tune, cracking tune. Fantastic. So yeah. That sort of that sort of digging each other out, that is what I'm here for, really. You know, it's nice it's nice to be lovey dovey about the tunes, but if you're gonna come in and piss all over someone's happiness, that is the podcast I want to create. So so fine. Right, Ollie, what do you reckon then? What's what's your what's your choice for for your happy song? Bring on Bieber. So no, absolutely not, Monksy. I've gone for David Watts by the jam. Oh, oh, oh. outstanding tune. It's got a real uh, feel good. Uh, beat to it. It's nice and fast paced, as we've said previously. I'll let people have a listen. So, it's a song that brings me quite a lot of happy memories. It, I remember it always being on in the car. Old man only had one CD in his car when we were growing up. And <laughs> And so it'd be it'd be a town called Malice, Eaton Rifles, down at the tube station at midnight, or David Watts. And I just remember yes. David Watts was always my favourite. It was on the way to and from football, sort of song of my childhood, really. Although it was obviously out in the eighties and it predates me by some years. It's a song that I was always played during my childhood. It was always on in the car. So and I also think it's quite a good feel good song anyway, really. Did everyone's dad just have one CD in the car? They might as well not have had an eject button on the on the, on the yeah. CD button in our car. It just it never came out. It was always the same CD. Yeah. It was always DJ Sammy or whatever. <laughs> what the candlelight mix? Yeah, something like that. What, what was your What was your dad's song of choice, Danny? Or album of choice? Oh God. Do you know what? He actually did always have like a good uh, good classic trance album on in the car. Because mum yes. used to hate it. She'd get in the car <laughs> and it'd be like full blast up to like 25 <laughs> and mum would just be like, what is this? <laughs> yes. Good me, luck. me and your dad need to go and have a beer, Danny. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this one, mate? Yeah, it's quite like me and Danny's where it's quite, quite like a bit different to Andy's. It's quite fast and sights. Never heard it before, but it's decent. Losing. Losing loads of points for that, mate. No insight whatsoever. 
losing all the points. I'm loving this game, being in charge of this. So what is it about it lyrically? Because, um, Ollie, you sent me a little bit of a, a line about it um, when you when you, when you you pick the song. What is it about the song's lyrics that we've managed to speak all over that you like? So, like, the song's about, like, the top boy. The One of the lines is, here's the top boy at the school, here's the captain of the team. It's basically a song about, like, how how the top boy at the school is so much better than everyone else and they want to look up to him and stuff. And I think everybody can associate that in their childhood. There was always like the kid at school who was like harder than everyone else and bigger than everyone else. And it's just like quite a song that people can uh, relate to as well, really. You know who that kid was for me? That kid for me was Billy Vinopola, who is currently the England international <laughs> rugby team's number eight. Um, so he was, he was much bigger and much harder than everyone else. Did anyone else see sort uh. of... Fucking smash him up in the air, fucking hell, fucking smash him up in the air. There's a photo of it, of um, of Billy in the Castle School changing rooms. And um, he's playing rugby and he, he can only what, be in you? year eight. He can only be in year eight or year nine. And um, <clears throat> he was a year above me. And he's got the ball in his hand, right? So he's he's six foot three, six foot four, and he's in year eight. He's massive. And he probably weighs about 17, 18 stone at this point. He's And it's all muscle, like a big Tongalese lad. And... Um, he, he has the ball in his hand, big Tongan lad, sorry, not Tongalese. And he had the ball in his hand and he's um, he's got a player around his like shoulders. He's got a player around each leg, a player around his stomach and a player trying to pull back his arm. It's honestly, it's, it's like, you know, when chimps are hanging <laughs> off their, their, their baby chimps are hanging off their mother for milk or something. They're trying to compete for it. That's what it looked like. And there's, this, there's these two guys. I remember this seminally. There's these two guys who just like round his like massive tree trunk legs. And, there's these, and they're just both let down with their arms around his, his thighs. And the heads are on the floor just like, oh, fucking what am I trying to do here? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Billy, Billy Vinopola absolutely ran our school. And then Mako, his older brother, was, was above that. Anyone else go to any school with any sort of sporting people who have gone on to represent their their countries or, or any any sporting geniuses yes 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 well i i not that i went to school with but mike hooper of liverpool fame went to the same school as me and gary mabbott went to the same school as me obviously of spurs fame you'll appreciate um luke yeah I'm but yeah not, i went i was in the same school as gary mabbott what about you, Danny? Anyone from your... Which, which, which one do you go to? Would you go to Ridings or do you go... Um, no, it's a primary Barclay. school. It was primary I went to, school. I went to Catherine oh, Lady sorry. Barclay. Yeah, the, the kids' loony bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't anyone at my school, but at Filton uh, SGS College, I went... Because obviously there was like the sports side of it as well. Um, there was Leon Reed, and he's obviously now in the olympic runner and stuff so it was when we were at college because i think i was a year or maybe two years ahead of you there was a, a welsh player who was doing the um he's a rugby player who was doing the mm. um my, my 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 rugby knowledge is absolutely piss poor but there was a rugby player who um who went on to play in the world cup that was in new zealand and he was doing a, a film mm. college course when we were there i can't remember his name now but yeah the, nice. a guy went and played in a world cup whilst we were at college together it's insane it's insane the, 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 the athletes that's that college is produced is an absolute joke it doesn't get the, the recognition yeah. it deserves oh, good, no, good, definitely. good song choices there some some solid scoring and counter scoring and i've got you on four points for your savage takedown Ollie, you're currently on three points. Charlie, do, you were... do, do, do I not get a say on that one either? Charlie, you were on four points, but you lost it because your insight was terrible on another tune. So you're on three. And Danny, oh, you're I, on I, three I, as well. I didn't, get a say, I didn't get a say on Ollie's clip. 
Yes, Monksy, we want to be done by 10 o'clock, so we're just going to just keep surfing on through. Oh, right, right, right. So I, I will bring you I in. I was going right. to be very complimentary as well. well go on, let me go. Oh, yeah, go on then. You have, you have 30 seconds at the absolute most. No, I think I think Ollie's clip very solid. I think the jam are one of the, um, you know, upbeat, good good tunes. And obviously he talks about his old man having one CD. I mean, my old man never had one CD in his car because we didn't have CDs in those days. So we had, we had, we had tapes, you know, but we used to have the Moody Blues. That was my, that was the tape the old man had. And that was, and they, they, they are brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, you, you managed to keep that nice and succinct. I like it. No points, but nice, nice and solid. Well, you summary. give me direction. Yeah, you give me direction and I'll, and I'll stick to it. Mate, I, yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the coach here. I'm, I'm calling the plays and you're just executing them like the QB, mate. I love to see it. So, um, the next song here um, is, well, the next question was, what's the best football song? Now, I think this is a, this is a, a debate that could race till 10 o'clock. So I'm going to try my best to keep a handle on it. But um, it's a, it's a, there is a correct answer here. None of you have gone for it. So it's going to be interesting to see why you've justified your picks. Um, Monksy, let's start with you again. Um, and, and let's see why you've picked this one. Because um, I think Danny is probably, there's a good chance Danny's never heard this song. And to hear it in a football context is, might be, a little bit, might be a little bit funny for Everybody me. knows this song because well, of the Go Compare Man, for, if nothing else. Well, talk us through it then. I'm going to let it play first, you know. Let's get a bit of, you know, play this tune. I mean, surely everyone's heard of this song. So what would be really entertaining is Monksy trying to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could give it a good go. Yeah, please don't. No, I won't. No, Charlie. for me, I mean, it's not directly a football song. Um, and as you know, I did go for um, a different choice and I changed it because I thought that maybe others might have gone for the one that I picked as it was a bit obvious. Um, so I've gone for this one um, because, again, going back to the 90s, for me, it was the theme tune of the best World Cup you've ever seen. Italia 90. Um, what a, what a World Cup that was. Um, England done really well. Got to the, you know, the, the semi-finals. We had Gaza's tears. We had Cameroon get the first African team to, to, to qualify for the knockout stages. We had the last-minute goal by David Platt for Belgium, against Belgium. Um, you know, it had all. We had Cameroon beating Argentina, the world champions, on the first game. You know, it was absolutely an absolutely brilliant World Cup. You know, Scalacci for Italy, the host nation was top goal scorer. Italy done well. It had every ingredient that you need for top quality World Cup. And you know, for me, 1990 Italia 90 was. Best World Cup ever, and this song every time I hear it reminds me of that. Right, that's a, it is an impassioned defence, Ollie. I'm pretty sure you're going to be aware of this song um, because obviously it's quite a close World Cup to when you're born. Danny, Ness and Dorma. What does Ness and Dorma mean to you in a footballing context? Uh, 
Well, I don't, obviously I am not, I'm pretty clueless when it comes to football, so. <laughs> I didn't realise that this was at all. Like I've just known it from obviously like opera and all of that sort of background. Obviously from a performing background, not actually football, so yeah. Would you watch so more football if they got BBC. rid of commentary? Would you watch more football if they got rid of commentary and just played Ness and Dormer in the background? Just every football game, just coming to play this over and over again. Would it, would it be something that would be more interesting? Over and over again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Charlie? Actually, oh, go on. Go on, Ollie. I actually think Monks has given up defending this song. He's managed to put himself on mute. Yeah, yeah no, I muted him because we just don't have time to, to, to listen to the soliloquies. Quick, punchy defences. That'd be great. All I was going to say is that B the reason there's a football song is the BBC's um, coverage of the 90 World Cup. This was the um, the theme song, the, the song that they opened with, and you know the the song that they used. Basically. Right. Uh, we, we, yeah, that, it was probably worth explaining that. Charlie, what what do you think of that as a as a football song? Ness and Dorma. Could you, do you reckon the Blackthorn Emerald Cats take that on? It meant absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? It's not a football song. It's a theme tune. You're not going to get a terrorist belt on that one, out, are you? <laughs> loads and loads of points here. Loads of points. Imagine that. Rovers come out to start the game and the platform then breaks out into Ness and Dorma. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. see, I've, this, is, this should be bonus points, Luke, because I've actually created an idea. Oh, asking, asking for points. Asking for points is a massive, massive no-go. You've just lost your points yeah, for this round. I'm I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, it, it, I mean, the obvious ones, obviously, are Three Lions in there and World in Motion. You know, I don't think there's actually many football songs out there that people sing. I mean... So, speaking of well, Three Lions... Mine. My, they sing mine. Yeah, Three Lions is the obvious one, yeah. yeah the obvious no, one, I, Three Lions. Danny, you picked three lines. You've gone for the obvious choice. Yeah, I went for the obvious choice. Talk us through and it. This is because, Correct this is because I am clearly no football fan and I just have no idea about football, really. We'll go on getting bad results. My second choice because they actually picked um, Let Me Entertain You by Robbie Williams because that was Soccer Aid 2006 song and that was because I went to go and watch that in 2006 and that is the only football thing I've actually ever seen like live and stuff so I was like yeah I'll go for that and then obviously Luke crushed it and said no <laughs> <laughs> so I went with the obvious three lines and so I'm kind gonna of give you me. gonna give you loads of points for picking the right answer and then I'm gonna it is the right answer Take all those right points away for admitting that you went to watch Soccer Aid live. So you've gone, you, you scored the maximum six points there, and then you've lost six points. I'm afraid. Um, so, <laughs> so, but what was what was Soccer Aid like? You know, I mean, something that it's exhibition football is, is something that none of us will have an interest in really beyond you know it's a Sunday night and it kills some kills an hour. But what was it like to go to? Yeah, do you know what? It was really really good, and obviously because I'm don't really follow football for me that was like a good thing to go and watch um and also for me three lions actually reminds me of when i was in primary school and we actually put like the world cup on the massive like we actually put it on like we had a massive school hall and then these doors would come across and then we'd have it projected on there so that it, this song just reminds me of it every single time it's such an iconic chorus isn't it really old. 
I feel really I old. You're talking about primary school in a sort in a tune where I was literally at Wembley singing this when England played Spain. <laughs> Loads of points to the primary school answer. Speaking, I like that. Speaking of soccer aid, I actually disagree a bit on soccer. Aid. I think it it's a it is exhibition football, but people watch soccer aid that never watch football the rest of the year. Like my housemates that we watched soccer aid the other week, and they never watch football the rest of the year. But the fact that Robbie Williams is playing, that Gary Barlow's played, that Usain Bolt's playing, people do actually like to watch it. <laughs> yeah. You're forgetting that it's this is a this isn't a democracy. This is a complete you know this is a complete dictatorship. I think soccer is shit. So there's absolutely no points. And for you to try and defend it, Ollie, it's quite obvious you're losing points. You've lost you've lost you've lost a point for that. What it is dictatorship? Dick being the operative word there. <laughs> what it is? What it, what it is, Ollie? Is people prefer playing uh, watching people who are bog standard, bang average, and absolutely play football as a bit of a hobby. Hence why we're all Rovers fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Charlie, talk us through it. You've got about 40 seconds to talk us through what this song means to you. Um, it only means something recently because I was a bit young. This last Euros <laughs> and Euros and World Cups only really meant something to me, but I play it every year. And I still believe it's coming home under Southgate next year. Belt and that's, that's the problem with this song. Is it, it, what it's done is it's commercialised hope. And it's hope that is the thing that kills you. It's hope that's the, the worst bit every time England jump into a, a semi-final or a quarter-final or, or any sort of tournament. It's the hope that the, that the tabloids sell. It's the hope that this song's selling. And it, I think it just makes it feel even worse when England are inevitably knocked out by a dodgy referee and decision or on penalties. Because, you know, it is such a hopeful song. And it is, it, it, it probably, it might well be the right answer um, to this question. No, no, it's definitely... Definitely the right answer because not only did they, this song make number one, they did a remix of it or a, a second version. The I mean, it's we all sang it on the terraces. Um, it was sung by one of the greatest at the time singers from the Lightning the Seeds with Bedeal and Skinner, two of the most funniest people on Terry at the time. It's by far and away the correct answer. There is no other comparison. World in motion maybe comes close. I mean, you might as well just end this subject now because Danny has won. Right, well, Charlie, try and follow that. You've got to follow that with this. Oh, it's the best football song in England by a country player. The passion when them fans in that at Birmingham is, is, oh, it's amazing. I've had the quality of seeing it. I haven't seen many teams now, but I've seen Birmingham. Fucking hell. They're up there at Sheffield Wednesday with the best fans I've ever seen. I think when this gets going, the whole ground knows it's going. What is it? I think, oh, it's just how loud it goes. Like, normally uh, football, you don't hear everyone singing. What's, what's the song? <laughs> Keep right on. This is in... Keep right on, he says, as if everyone knows that. But yeah, obviously, it's just keep right on. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, Danny, ever heard "Keep Right On" before by Harry Lauder? Never heard of this. No. And so let's just be quiet and listen to it. Is this a football song? Let your heart be strong. Keep right on round the bend. If you're tired, still journey on. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? 50 lads in a stone stone island gear walking out of a tube station singing that you probably could to be fair the Birmingham fans are amazing with it but um, 
I'll is be it, honest, there's more chance of people singing this than Dorman are singing this. Is it the best? Fo- is it the best <laughs> song? <laughs> I'm not sure it is the best song in football. Ollie. I, uh, so I'll, I'm going to slightly defend Charlie. Birmingham fans are brilliant when they sing it. To be fair. Yeah, I've seen it as well. They are amazing with it. But would you ever listen Which to it? Which is the sing this and Dorma. Would you I, ever I listen to this think, outside of a footballing think. context? Would you listen to this? Would you, you know, if you're not a Birmingham fan, so you could not be an England fan, listen to Free Lions and understand it. The same with Ness and Dorma. Could you not be a Birmingham fan and, and ever just want to listen to this song? I, yeah, I listen I, to it. I understand your point. Charlie, any defence to that? No, this is going to make me sound really bad, but I don't even know the words to it. (laughs) (laughs) Loads and loads of points to that. Loads of points for that. Maximum points, I like that. I just think it's so loud. And at football, you don't hear everyone singing. But when when Birmingham sits, your your mums are singing it, everyone's singing it at Birmingham. I feel that makes it the best of me. I I still... I still can't get over the thought of the platform and breaking out into Ness and Dorma. <laughs> <laughs> that is that that is the title of the um of this of this of this of this episode, isn't it? The Blackthorn sings Ness and Dorma. <laughs> right, I've to be honest with you, Charlie, I've got bored of listening to that. So I'm gonna move on to Ollie's. I don't I don't, even, I don't even know what this song is, I'll be honest with you. I do not even know what this is. And I've never heard any football team sing it, not even Birmingham. And I'm a Villa fan, and I've never heard Birmingham sing this on the terraces. They, they do sing keep right on. They do it is their anthem. It is yeah. the football club's anthem. Not sung like that, it's not. No, yeah, it's admit, not. Admit it, they don't sing it like that. That's true. You try you try finding Birmingham City fans sing Keep Right On on fucking Spotify, mate. <laughs> Not, not a chance. It's like, Queen, it's like Queen Victoria singing it, that was. What, if Queen Victoria was a bloke? Now, this is the closest to the sure. correct answer, in my opinion. Ollie, this is your choice. Talk us through it. So I've gone for I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles, the anthem of West Ham. Actually, yeah, yeah, you could be right. You could be right here, Luke. You so win a maximum points. This yeah. was outstanding. Good shout. Particularly at Upton Park. Old Upton Park. I also recall them coming down the Rovers ground in 2008 when, if I'm correct in saying, Joe Jacobson put Kieran Dyer's leg. Yeah, that was the game. Horror tackle that was on the back of every sports paper. Horror tackle. Jacobson or a tackle on Kieran Dyer. It was in and around England squad at the time. And I just remember West Ham fans selling out and were particularly particularly loud and boisterous as they are most places. And it's just, yeah, it. Black, uh, the answer to this question was not good night, Irene. And then bar for maybe a never Obviously. Bar for never walk alone, which is fairly iconic. I, I'd say this was the most, second most iconic song, but the best football song for me. 
The the correct answer is Sunshine and Leaf by Hibs. That is the correct answer. But this song, I've been lucky enough to hear this at the Olympic Stadium. And they slagged the Olympic Stadium off for being too big for football, too far away from the pitch for football. But when the bubble machine starts playing, the bubbles start flying out onto the pitch and the West Ham fans in their sort of Cockney accent start singing that song. It is it is absolutely yeah. spine tingling. I think that is the answer of the round so far. Danny, yeah, have you ever heard I that agree. song before? I agree. I've never heard of it. And oh, like when it started playing, it, it just sounded like a circus kind of theme. So. <laughs> Loads of points. <laughs> well, it is West Ham. Quite, <laughs> quite out of West Ham, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so iconic that actually teams will go to West Ham's rivals up to um, Millwall, such as Millwall, and go and sing it sing for I'm Forever Blown Bubbles just to wind opposition fans up. It's so iconic. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> Charlie, have you ever heard it live? Is it, is it a song that means anything to you, that one? Uh, never heard it live. The only, I've, I've seen the video when they played Man United, the last game at Upton Park, and that was loud. And you probably oh, found that. Yeah, good. Fantastic good. answer, that. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, no worries. Except I've never had the joy of hearing it live, but I'd love to. It, it is... It is, it is iconic. I think you're right. I think that is probably, that is the answer of the round for that one, Ollie. I think it is just one of those songs that just... just. I'm not even sure it's the answer of the round. I think it could be the correct answer. Full stop. Sunshine on Leaf is the correct answer. That, that is the correct answer, but it is close yeah, to it. Well, yeah, Andy, I mean, we've had four it's... answers and you said two of them are right. <laughs> well, no, because well, no, I heard, I, you know, I thought, I thought that um, Three Lions was the correct answer. I forgot all about that. You know, and when when you mentioned it and it came on, I was like, "Fuck me, yes, yes, this is the song. This is this, you know, this is quality." As Luke said, when the bubble machine comes on and you and, and you're watching it and you and 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 they all go in, absolutely different league of, of song, different league, absolutely superb. Something we can all agree on is "Let Me Entertain You" by Robbie Williams is not a football song. So moving moving strictly on to. <laughs> Defend yourself from that horrendous almost shout there, um, Danny. What is your, your next song to what song is guaranteed to, to get you on the dance floor? Now, the song here, you have to make sure that Ollie, Monksy, Charlie, and myself are going to join you on the dance floor, um, which might be a little bit intimidating given you're a professional dancer, but we'd, we'd have a go. And what is the song that you've picked to, 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 to get everyone on the dance floor, to get yourself on the dance floor? Well, well, I'm not sure you guys would be joining me on the dance floor, but. I know me and the girls will definitely be on the dance floor and it's Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Like, I can literally tell you now, Luke, if this and Sophie was listening to this and Ellie was listening to this, they would 100% be on that dance floor with me. Like, every time we go out... Plays, we will be at the, we will be there asking the DJ, excuse me, can you just put the song on because it is a classic. Oh, mate, I a night out with Sophie Pritchard, who is an, another one of Danny and Sammy's mutual friends. A night out with Sophie Pritchard, you haven't lived until you've had a night out with her. She, this, yeah, she, she's absolute carnage on a night out. And yeah, this song, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever been in a night out when this song's come on, but I dread to think. The, the absolute scenes <laughs> and, and the colour Bristol has been painted with this song coming on. Ollie, yeah, are, you, are you joining Danny on the dance floor? Well, it's a, it's a toe tapper, isn't it? No, it does make you uh, make you want to get up and dance. Uh, it's not. It's obviously not my choice because I picked something else. But yeah, I think that's a solid solid answer. What about you, Charlie? No, not a fan. 
Just don't get it. Ollie's a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, mate, it's, it's a podcast where you describe your music tastes and talk about what the song means to you and, and whether or not you'd you'd be affected it by up. it. Monksy goes on it's a three-minute soliloquy and you're giving us two sentences every time. Come on, mate, step it up. There's not very there's not many synonyms for nothing, is there? Like, what more can you add? I've never heard it and I don't think I'll be hearing it again. Rubbish. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> you are chatting nonsense. Absolute shite that you've never heard this song before. No. Right, we're going to play the rest of it all the way through. I'm not going to go. Oh, looks mesmerized. Oh, looks high. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he's dribbling. No, you're not. You're not a fan of this at all, Charlie. Also, he doesn't look like he's having any fun. <laughs> <laughs> Monksy, talk us through it. Girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper, you dancing to it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Massive fan of Cindy Lauper. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. I'm not a big dancer, but I'd be up on the dance floor. I can imagine Monksy in Chasers with his rented shoes on, giving it big spuds to us. 100%. Not, oh, not really sure Chasers will be playing this. You know. Maybe what, more, no um, more Reflex. One for the kids there, Reflex. Oh, Reflex. What, if, you go, if you want to go and pull a 40-year-old who's absolutely desperate for a bit of attention yeah. and a bit of validation, male or female, Reflex is the gaff to go to, or whatever it is now, Pop World. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm 41 now, mind. Not me this in, this in the 40-year-olds. Absolutely desperate for care and attention you are, Monksy. You fit right into the Pop World crowd. This could. Maximum th- points. Th- <laughs> talk, of, talk of Pop World could flow into my songs. I've got a story about Uptown Funk. Well, just giving it away. And... Pop world. Well, like we have minus points for Ollie for even picking that song. With that in mind, Ollie. This is why he likes this song because he's got to dance. He can move his arms. Michelle, fight for that white gold. I've just turned 18, I think, and I was working in the wishing well at Alonwa Green, and I just moved from Bradley Stoke to Warmley, and I didn't really have any friends over the other side of, uh, over the other side of Bristol, and I got the job at the wishing well, and every night I'd work at the wishing well, we would go, the manager of there, Scottish Dark, I called him, we'd close up the pub at 11 o'clock, then get straight into town, into Pot World, and this would come on, and me and Scottish Doc would be going mental. Danny, is Bruno Mars the best pop artist? I, I don't want to call him pop artist because he's, he's a genius and his vocals are ridiculous. Is he the best dancer in the world at the moment for a charting musician? No. You no? Know, who would you put above him? <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you putting above That's him? That's one, <laughs> Um, I'd go Chris Brown. Okay, good point. But where does Bruno Mars rank? Is he is he upper echelons or is he is he? Am I just chatting out my ass here and you're getting maximum points for that anyway? No, I, do you know what? He he is good, but when this song comes on for me now, I'm like, oh god, get it off. 
It yes, is cringe, isn't it? Yes, it is I cringe. Agree. I agree. I loved it when it first came out, and now for some reason I'm just I'm just don't feel it anymore. But he's Bruno Mars. Don't get me wrong, he has got a good voice, like really good voice. I think the um. The big, the big problem with this song is it was launched on the X Factor. It, its first global play anywhere in the world was on the X Factor, so I think mm. it loses huge amounts of credibility. Um, Why do you hate the X Factor? I don't hate the X Factor, but I hate every song that's ever come from it. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty important, really. Um, it's an interesting one. I've always thought about Bruno Miles. Um, do you think that he wants to be Michael Jackson? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Every song stinks a bit, doesn't it? He looks, he, you know, he tries to look like him. He dances like him, doesn't he? You know, it's almost like a, a Michael Jackson throwback in many, yeah. in many ways. It's not a bad thing because I think Michael Jackson would be brilliant, you know. I've, I've lost the next. Well, everyone's, everyone's just fucked oh, there we are. They all gone. Yeah, I don't know where they've gone, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Even Ollie's had enough of his own song. Look. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bye. Oh shit! Ollie's like, oh, actually, yeah, my song's shit. I'm fucking off. I got this song on my phone uh, on my iTunes. I got about two thousand songs on my iTunes. Again. I only got this one because the girls liked it. This is the one of the ones that does get fast forwarded. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan. Of it that. never used to, as, you, as Danny said. It never used to. It was quite good, but now it's like, nah, all of it. Now. Yeah, skip. The baseline, you know, the next question is the baseline question. The baseline to this is is fantastic. Well, I'm the winner, quite obviously. Uh, I I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be so confident. Um, well, no, but well, yeah, well, I know. I know for a fact that my song has a baseline in it. We're gonna go with your dance floor tune, Andy. You've got three minutes and 50 seconds to try and sum it up. See if you can do it in that time. And anyone else can jump in ahead of it. Say again. You've got three minutes and 50 seconds to tell us why this song gets you on the dance floor and everyone else can jump in over you um, to, to shoot you down. Talk us through it, what is it and why this song? Okay, as you can probably guess, this song is again from the 90s. Um, from my days of trance, if you like, and again, this is, this song is just the, the the changes in the rhythm, the changes in the beat, the changes in the it, the whole thing. It just goes up and down, up and down, up and down. It's absolutely for me, and it's not everyone's taste. I get that, but it's absolutely unreal. You know, it is like being on holiday. You know, in Ibiza or in Falaraki or whatever. And for me, this song is absolutely banging. And we can confirm that is the worst thing you've ever said. Well, I think it's the worst thing of, I've ever, I was, ever said. Oh, so I'd like to bring up the phrase gas as fuck probably tips in. Look, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I get this is a bit before your time, but this is when music was proper music. You know, tunes were tunes. When you went to a nightclub, you actually had proper tunes. You didn't have, you know, the regurgitated crap, you know. And let's be honest, most of the stuff that they play now in nightclubs is stuff from when I was, a, you know, when I was 19, 20, 22. This sort of music, because they haven't produced anything new since. That is true. I, a lot of nightclub music is um, remixes and remakes of other 
oldest tunes. I, I do of the nineties bangers. Nineties bangers. Hang on, it's coming in now. This is the bit now. It's coming in now. Is the beat just about to drop? Yeah, this it's, is a good bit actually. Yes, even Danny. See, Danny knows. Here it comes. Minus points for Danny. It do, Danny, do not give the fool any credit. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about, you see. The 90s tunes, it built up to something. It built up and built up, and it's, and it's returning now. You know? and, and yeah, see, Danny's dead's going. You know, you're that, that, you know, and it was, it built up, it, it was, it was quiet, and then the bass kicks in, and it, and when you were in the nightclub, and you're dancing away, you know, and the, the lights are going, and the smokes are going, and all that, you know, and, and you're, it's, it's, it's different league, it's different league, it's memories, it's and for me, music is all about memories. Charlie? It's going to be yeah. hard to beat, I thought it's going to be hard to fucking get worse than Danny's, but you've achieved it, <laughs> <laughs> What is this? What was so bad about Danny's? Uh, uh, it was just not my cup of tea <laughs> at all. I just never heard it, never will again. But this, and this, oh, this wouldn't get you on the think, dance floor. I think part of it is it's Andy's dance floor song. And I'm thinking of Andy dancing, and it's really <laughs> open to the music. I'd actually, I'd actually go as far as to say this song is not a song that would get me on the dance floor. It's a song that would get me out of the nightclub and get me to go yeah. home. <laughs> but Andy and Danny are staying behind and having a great time. So, you know, yeah. we're because we have taste. We're, we have we're taste. off for a, for a kebab and a taxi. Andy and Danny are staying in the club for another, at least another three minutes and 49 seconds with this song playing. And they're having a, they're having a great time. <laughs> And to be, but, but to be fair, I mean, Charlie, I'm probably older than his dad, to be honest. <laughs> that's not that's not a claim to fame, is it? It's not really I'm a not point to claim to fame. Is it? Is this nature, isn't it? You know. And then we've so. so... <laughs> Put the bins out. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, fuck off. <laughs> Charlie, talk us through your song. What song is getting you on the dance floor, mate? Alexa, oh, Jackson <laughs> Five, what an apps, what a band, unbelievable. I mean, what can you dislike about the Jackson Five? Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? I don't think I need to explain this one. I think it's the winner. I think you do need to explain it because you said you said fuck all the whole podcast. I think you really do need to explain why you picked this song. I've, I've also got a slight lyrical change on this one as well. Maybe not on Will Puddy by any chance. <laughs> No, no, it was actually, it, it's actually my granddad told me about this. He reckons that Rovers fans would sing this and would, don't blame it on the boogie, blame it, blame it on the bobble. <laughs> Danny, what, what are your thoughts for the, the Jackson 5? Blame it on the boogie. Do you know what? I love this. This is a good old, this is a good old one as well. Like, this is a, this is a classic step to the side and just like tap, have a little click along as well. Yeah, do you, know what, do you know what I like about this one when you're on a dance floor? You don't need to exert a lot of energy. It's just a bit of a, a bit of turner, isn't it? You don't need to do any exercise. It's just, it's just a nice, so far from a click. It'd be lovely. And it's almost a lyrical excuse as well. It's almost saying, look, don't blame it on the fact I've got insomnia. Don't blame it on the fact I'm an insomnia. Don't blame it on the good times that I've been having recently. I'm unattractive because I'm a shit dancer. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Michael Jackson. You've given me a song to, to, to sort of prove it, really. Can I just say, there's only one good thing about this song. 
And that is the fact that Liverpool turned it into the funniest song on the terraces I have ever heard when they sang, don't blame it on the Gerard, don't blame it on the Biscan, don't blame it on the Murphy, blame it on Traore. He just can't, he just can't, he just can't control his feet. That is the only thing good about this song. I love the fact that this that was met with stony silence and no laughs whatsoever. Maximum points. I did actually laugh. Oh, not maximum points. Fuck off, Ollie. <laughs> I was the one who was trying to help you there, by the way. Well, you didn't, did you? It is true, though, isn't it? Like, it, we, we just have Bruno Mars, who is a bit of a, a pound shop, Michael Jackson. But come on. Come on, what a dancer. If you want access to dance, just got to watch him, haven't you? Like, every video he did was just an absolute joke. It was all repealed, mate. It was all repealed. <laughs> I'm not going to get in and defend Michael Jackson, by the way. Can I just check, Luke? Are you, are you a big fan of Michael Jackson? Or a fan of Michael Jackson? Oh, we've got a blowing bubbles gag coming on, haven't we? With, uh, no, 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 Michael we haven't got no gag monkey. coming on. No gag coming on. I'm just going to defend Danny here. Are you a fan of Michael Jackson? Not really. Why? That hasn't worked. Yeah, why? Let's <laughs> say because all he was was a performer, exactly the same as Robbie Williams is a performer. Not the greatest artist in the world, but an absolute amazing performer same as Robbie Williams Robbie Williams is an absolute legend right I'm gonna mute him right there Michael Jackson <laughs> the biggest selling artist of the 20th century the one of the most responsible for the most, the most iconic music basically reinvented the music video and he's putting Robbie Williams a man who sang me and my monkey on the same breath as he's it, just comp- you've lost just all compared- of your points there right? You've just lost no, all no, of no, your no, points. No, 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 no. You've got to look at it from a, a, a whole different perspective. Michael Jackson was an absolute legend, and I'm not disputing that. But so was Robbie Williams. I think your quote was just a performer, was the quote yeah, that you, you used to describe that. him. Um, he was a performer. So what do you, he was a performer. I, I went to Wembley and watched Michael Jackson, and he mined the whole thing. Because all he, all he wanted to do was dance. And his dance moves were unbelievable, but he mimed the whole thing. What does that tell you? Is he a, is he a, a singer or a performer? He's a performer. It tells me you've lost all and the points. Probably and struggling the, the best performer ever. Right, we're going to move on to the baseline, the baseline chat now. Um, after that horrendous Andy comment, that is one of the worst things you've ever said. Um, the the biggest selling artist of the twenty the twentieth century was just a performer, and is in, in any way comparable to fucking Robbie Williams. Every single person on this Zoom chat, their their jaws hit the floor when you said that. It was outrageous. So maximum points. I'm going to restore all your points for that. Um, yeah, because nice, they they were, nice they were all they heard they were they were alive, were they really? When Michael Jackson was a rainbow student. Monty, can we just add? Just because you come out ridiculous statements, you can't justify them off the fact that two of the people may not have been born. That doesn't. Make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no. Well, apparently, apparently, according to Luke, not not watching something is a, is is a statement of you don't understand. So you've never watched them, so you don't understand them and can't have a comment. We're just muting. Let's go for... <laughs> this is so good. Right. <laughs> We're going to go for the baseline. We're going to go for the baseline tune now. Right. The, the, next, the next question was, what's the best... What's the song with the best baseline? So oh, one Jesus. of you... 
one of you has picked the right answer here. So we're going to leave that till last. We're going to start with a song that, well, three, two songs I've never listened to. And I'm going to start with Ollie. Ollie, talk us through this one. You just said, so you, you, So can we get this correct? You've just said one of you has picked the right song and uh, one of you has picked the right answer. But let's start with Ollie. Yeah. So it's all about your justification. Yeah. Whether or not I think it's right is irrelevant. Talk us through it. Talk us through this. It's, well, unless I've misunderstood what a baseline is, which is potentially. Well, you have, yes. But it's a great tune. This song, to me, it was the first song that came into my head when you said, when I read it and said, song, baseline. It's also an outstanding tune by an outstanding band, which I will come to later on. But yeah, I thought this song was a song with a good baseline. Clearly, uh, I've got it wrong. But... Oh, let's have a listen to it. Let's have a listen to it. Fantastic lead guitar. Not getting much bass there at all. Monksy, talk us through your thoughts. Um, one band that I would love to have seen live. Kasabian, absolutely love Kasabian. I've got uh, at least four or five songs on my phone. This song is absolutely my favourite Kasabian song. Absolutely superb. Danny, you a massive Kasabian fan? We'll see you at the, in the crowd at the King Power Stadium in Leicester when these are playing. No, and me and my dad don't like Kasabian. Why is that? Not. She's not really a fan. Because your mum likes it. <laughs> Charlie, you st- you strike me as a bit of a Kasabian fan, but the rest of the shite you like. What's this? What's this mean for you? Oh, um, yeah, this is this is my street. I like this. This is if I if I, if I didn't have the winner, this would definitely be the winner. Yeah, well, we'll come to yours. We'll come to yours. Half of the fact that has no bass in it. <laughs> oh, I love Kasabian. I can tell you most of their songs. I think it's a great tune. This one. It's it isn't the song with the best baseline in the world though so if i'm going to score it only by the question the answer was fantastic and i like the backstory to it and it's it's provoked some good chats from from the others so you do score quite it's got the best intro tariff. it's got the best intro i think ever it's brilliant the, the old um brilliant that is it's incorrect because the, the correct answer is in this song um the next song that i've not heard is danny's talk us through your check track danny why have you picked this one Right, well, you picked okay, it because you think it's be the best baseline, very... but, but why have you no, picked it? No, this is going to be very <laughs> embarrassing because when you messaged saying, pick the song with the best baseline, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I have no idea what that means. I was like... Over so the don't worry. So I messaged my brother saying, Jordan, what is the best song with the baseline? He was like, what are you on about? And I was like, what I don't know what <laughs> like I don't know what song to pick, and then he was like, well, "What about something from um, by Skepsis?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I was going to go to Crewcast, um, which is like a rave." And then I was like, "Yeah, this has got a dirty baseline to it." <laughs> so you've called in exterior help, external biased help for the answer to that's, what is the best baseline points. ever. Plus no, points for that. That's, that's minus points. I think that is no, outrageous. No, no, plus points. Plus points. Ingenious. Ingenious.
not spare our listeners any more of that because that is the worst thing I've ever heard. Right off. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's, it's a, it's honking. A, it's got it's got a good bass, mind. I tell you what, if that scores higher than mine, I'm I, the rest of the. Oh. Baseline is that is what a baseline is, isn't oh. it? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I don't know. I was so confused by the question. So. I mean, it's clearly not the best bass song ever, but it has got a bass line, unlike Underdog by Kasabian. <laughs> I'm not I'm not having this in the slightest, to be honest with you. I think that is that is just noise, isn't it? That is if 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 a Chris packet could make a could make a tune, that is the tune it would come up with for me. That is mm-hmm. stinking that. You're not a fan of that, Danny? That's a dirty bass, that. Yeah. I mean it's not even dirty really. That you know, the dirty stuff from like Dirty Dub is fantastic. That was just <laughs> It's dirty for my eardrums, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need a wash. Um, Charlie, thoughts on that? I've got nothing against goths, but I just imagine people them shaking their head against a metal bar. <laughs> I think that is a proper monster energy drinking tune, isn't it? You turn up, you drink monster energy, you talk about coding and, and you know, gaming and staying up till five o'clock in the morning. That song, then... that song would be a mainstay on the CEX work Christmas party, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> and there is no more damning indictment. Danny, you've scored zero points for that. Um, oh. Right. <laughs> so then we've got two people left for this this round, and it's the correct answer round where the objective correct answer has come up. Is it Andy? So come on, who, Charlie, get your song on then. Whoever goes next has picked not the correct answer, and whoever goes last has picked the correct answer. So, Andy, talk us through this song. No. No, 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 no. This is the correct answer. I'm just going to shut up and let the beat kick in. Let the bass kick in. Less than Dorma. <laughs> no, 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 no. You wait. Here it comes. No, it's even worse. It's a Strongbow advert. Here it comes. Things obviously that didn't have the audio. The video. No, that's what you call a bass beat. That's, that's not bass, that's a horn. I mean, horn. I can the bass on that. I mean, my earphones are, are, are blowing off my head here with the bass on that. Unfortunately, Monksy, you is seem to the, have confused the, bass well, with a horn. A um, fantastic bass line. How you can say it's not got a bass line, I don't know, and that goes, goes boom, you know, and all that, you know. And <laughs> because that's, again, that's, not, that's not a bass guitar, that's a horn. Where did it say it had to be a bass guitar? Go on, Danny, talk us through it. So a bass line, right, okay. In terms of like music-wise, if I was putting myself back in college listening to like doing my music classes, then it's because it's a, it's basically like the lowest part sequence in a piece of music so I guess this kind of is a bass line because it's all quite yes but it's it, for me a bass thank line you. is a bit thank that, you that... Danny for understanding music and explaining it to the heathens <laughs> the bit that I like about this song is that it is a horn it's not it's, it's not a bass instrument at all but it is the bit that, that drives the song so whilst it isn't the correct answer it is a very good answer um, but you know there's, there's you know I think oh shit I just did it again just muted him again by accident but um but yeah, I think the it, it isn't the correct answer. I think when you hear the correct answer in a second, it is obvious what the correct answer is. But um, okay, it's certainly it's certainly number two here. Um, I think so far. Um, 
although Kasabian wasn't too bad either. Um, Skepsis scored. It's the, only, it's the only answer so far for zero points. <laughs> Charlie, what's your answer? Another one bites the dust by Queen. The, I'm going to go out there, Queen, the best band of all time. Put out there, easily. I say this is in the top five songs of all time. This is what bass sounds like. Oh, it's just an absolute. No, I don't think there's not much competition because it's the only one with a bass. But this is a proper song. Oh, it's so good. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Oh, like, even you've got to be this. Ah, any other song with a hi hat and a bass guitar. It's just the right answer. Ollie, is it the right? Is this the correct answer, objectively? Yeah, absolutely, it is, and I. You, it says it all that it was the correct answer that Charlie didn't even need to defend it. Yeah, like, there's no no defence whatsoever needed. Most of the other answers needed some defence. If it was a game Daddy. of football, it's just not even for the goalkeeper. Danny, you look aghast. You look, you look shocked when this came on. What, what were your... This what's going is your a head? big... This is not a bass line song. Are you... It is literally a bass guitar. Listen. You didn't... You didn't... As in, like, a I agree. Bass, like, instrument. Correct. A song with the best bass line is like a bass line. Oh, no. I have this to disagree. Completely driven by a bass guitar this song. And high hats on, on a drum set. But then it should have been stated as in, like, an instrument. I think the word bass gives it away. Yeah. I also think you. I understand why both of you went with a sort of, well, Andy didn't go with a bass horn, but you went, your brother went with a, a, a drum and bass song. It, you know, it did not qualify. It was absolutely fine. But I just, this is, this is the greatest bass line of all time. Go on, Moxie. Justify why your song's better then. Go on, then. Well, that's 30 seconds. Tell us why your song's say- better. I didn't say my song was better. Um, but my song has a better bass line. And what I would say is, for you to say this song is in the top five songs of all time, it's the ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Up there with Pele being one of the best footballers ever. This song is bang average at best. Queen are bang average at best. Monkey, can I ask you a question? It's day five, yes, I can look. Are you deaf? Of course you can. Am I deaf? <laughs> Queen of Bang Average. They've got the best I um I think I would have understood the question more if we were referring to an instrument, but I literally typed in as well onto Spotify line songs and they came up with like the songs that I typed in, like the skepsis songs. I've left the song, I've left the questions as vague and as open to interpretation as possible. Yeah. Which is why I didn't kick out yeah. Andy's song, um, despite it literally not having a bass line. Um, but I can understand why he picked it. And I'm sorry, this is the, this is objectively the correct answer. There's no, there's no movement away from it, I'm afraid. It, was, it is maximum points for, for young Charles. Um, we have so, heathens here. 
who, who think Queen are, are actually very good. No, I don't think Queen are good. I think they're a singles band. Um, I think they've their, their greatest hits album is the biggest selling album of all time. But, you know, they released 13 other albums and most of the stuff they released was absolute dirge. But their great songs are great songs. And that is a great song. It's a great song. There's no two ways about it. Oh, no, I, 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 I do think Queen have some very good songs. And that's not saying that, that, no, that was a bad song. Not saying that, but I think they're very overrated. In fact, I would go as far as to say that Queen are the most overrated band in this country. Danny, we're going to move on to your fifth, the fifth question now, and that is, who is the one band or artist that you've been obsessed with since the moment you've heard them? I've got a yeah. really quite a good anecdote about this. So I'm really glad you picked this band. So talk us through it. What was your obsession? Did you take it to any extremes? Did you, did you travel for hours to go and see them and introduce who they are and what the song is? So we have Busted, Air Hostess. I actually kind of left this one to you, Luke, because I literally just put Busted because every song of theirs is just pretty incredible. It's kind of, Every song that they have brought out is just incredible. Um, they'll literally someone, like, they'll be a band that I will always be obsessed with. Like, I'm not going to lie, I love Good One Direction, McFly as well, but Busted have literally got my heart. Um, I actually went to the Bloom Fiesta years and years ago, and they were there, and I actually have a flag with their faces on, and I refuse to get rid of it, and it's in my room at home. Oh, no way. So you haven't got it there? <laughs> Not here, no. It's oh, a, it's a, that would have been a guaranteed route to the final if you could whack out a busted flag. Genuinely. They literally got their faces on and then like a massive heart around it. Let's listen to it. Let's see if um, Charlie's heard it. He probably hasn't. They came back between McFly and Busted. I've never heard of them as Busted, but I've heard of Muck Busted. Yeah, yeah, so it's McFly and Busted merged. <laughs> but you, could literally, could you, you could literally put any McFly or any Busted song into the first question and it would be the right answer. No, well, you're happy, happy songs. Yeah. You know, Why don't you do it? Like yeah, they're, they're a good. They're a good. <laughs> I didn't think of good. it. <laughs> <laughs> so my anecdote for um, for busted for air hostesses in, in particular. So I was probably about eight, and um, it was back when phones had credit, right? So I was about eight, sent over my friend Dan's house, and um, my dad bought a mobile phone. Now, this has got to be late 90s, early. It can't be late 90s. It must be early 2000s. And he bought a mobile phone and he wanted me to use it and have it in case anything went wrong. What was going to go wrong about me staying at you know, my best mate's house who we've known for ages, but he wanted me to have it. So little did I know, he topped up with £40 worth of, of credit. And um, we used to ring, we used it to ring GWR, um, which is a premium rate, of oh, a radio station. It's now a heart radio station. It's a premium rate phone line. We must have rang it about 40 times in an hour and requested this song over and over and over again. <laughs> so my dad had put like 45 pounds of the credit onto his mobile phone and it was gone within like a minute. And I've handed the phone back to him and he's like, did you make any calls? So now obviously not knowing, obviously not knowing what a premium rate phone line is. 
and obviously I've, I've spun Foycrude on the wall. I got on to the radio, I got on to GWR and um, I was chatting to the radio host, this must have been at about nine o'clock at night. And because I kept ringing relentlessly over and over again, and it wasn't a request show, they managed, I, I eventually got on and they put me on with, um, with Busty. I, I must have said something awful, I must have said something like, I must have either sworn or said something like, not radio friendly. But I remember getting a letter through the post, or my dad got a letter through the post saying, um, you've broken radio regulations. A heart, or GWR passed it on to, um, to Ofcom, and we're investigating the use of this mobile phone number um, for, for, um, for, for breaching Ofcom regulations. And obviously where I was like, <laughs> no older As than if. nine. Well, I was no older than nine, I got away with it. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, that was my radio debut. And I, let me tell you, I got some absolute politics. GWR 96.3 FM kicked up and down the stairs for that and rightly so um so, so I was really glad when you said busted because that is uh that is an anecdote that I've you know I cherished dearly despite getting in a lot of trouble um so you've got a flag is there any other extremes that you've taken to busted have you traveled miles and hours to go and see them or have you just was it just the balloon fiesta and a flag that you've got it's it's just the balloon fiesta and a flag and obviously to the extent of when I was younger as well, um, I'd actually put on dance shows for my mum and dad and I'd make them sit down in the living room and watch a little routine that I made up to a busted songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. Massive, massive obsession. Ollie, talk us yeah. through yours. What's, what's your obsession, mate? So, Kasabian, I, I picked Fast Fuse as my song, but it's obviously to do with the, the artist. I discovered them when I was about 17 or 18. This would probably be a better baseline tune, to be honest. Go on. And I, um, I've seen him a couple of times, but the first time I saw him, I was so excited. I had a ticket to um, the, uh, the Monopoly Arena in Belgium, and it was a Sunday gig. I must have been I went over, it was a Sunday gig, I went over about midday to Cardiff, went all, all around Cardiff, got get a bit untidy or whatever watched the gig loved it was got back about one in the morning from Cardiff and I had a sick form the next day and I'm sat there in, in a, you know like you have like the assemblies and all that I'm sat there and I've, I remember thinking bloody hell I feel a bit tired here rub my eyes and then the next thing so I'm so I'm hungover as hell tired the next thing I wake up in the middle of this assembly and my my sister's in the assembly as well and uh, I fell asleep in the middle of assembly because I was hungover and and tired after watching the assembly. Probably one of the best nights of my life for me. It was bloody brilliant. That is amazing. Falling asleep in assembly with your sister in it. I mean, obviously I went to school with my sister as well. She was a year below. I couldn't think of anything more embarrassing than if I fell asleep, she'd be embarrassed. And if she fell asleep, I'd be embarrassed. Like, it just embarrassed by association. Did your sister hate you for it or was she just taking the piss out of you constantly for it? So my, my sister has always had the same sort of thing. She wasn't, she was a bit embarrassed, but she took great pleasure in going home and telling my dad. That's 20 points for Chloe, that was. Snake. Today. Yeah, absolute snake, absolutely. Anyone else, any fans of Kasabian here? Obviously, Monksy, you've already said it. So, Charlie, yeah, Danny, are oh, you going to say you're not? Massive fan, massive fan. I'm not as big a fan as Ollie and Andy, but if they're on, I'm listening to it, I'm definitely singing along. Yeah. Definitely my type of music, yeah. They're, they're, for me, they're like a, a PlayStation 2 game band. Like they're, they're on like Gran Turismo, they're on Juice, they're on FIFA, aren't they? They've, they just seem to have been 
completely across that. We we sort of grew up with Crusabian, didn't we, Ollie? It's kind of that. I know obviously it's slightly younger than me, but they're on every game. They're, they're all over the place, Crusabian, and obviously they're a massive part of football culture too, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's obviously not planned or anything, but my interest in Crusabian is obviously stayed high now living in Leicester, and they're like the most popular band in Leicester, and it's, there was going to be a, um, a concert at. The King Power, but obviously it was cancelled, and I was really disappointed about that. Done a few maximum, bands. maximum points for moving to the place where your band are from. Like that is <laughs> taking a session to another level. So maximum points for that. I love it. Um, Monty, talk us through your choice. The best intro ever. Here we go. Are you ready? I mean, what more can you say? I mean, Oasis, probably the greatest band since um, Beatles. I mean, as I said, again, we're going back to the 90s. I absolutely love this song, the intro. I think maybe what you, you, you may have all got from my songs is they're all a bit weird, a bit different. What I like is the different sounds and the changes up in in you know, noise and sound and beat and all of that, you know, and that's what I that's what I, I really like. Um but for me this song is absolutely different planet. I mean I, I absolutely love Kasabian and uh, they're, they're I, for me they took on the mantle Oasis you know, as, as the, the indie band of you know and I'm I'm really glad Ollie's brought them on. I think they're fantastic. But for me Oasis are different league, you know, they just every song literally everyone you know morning glory was one of the best albums ever if not the best album ever released Every, everybody knows every single song on that album only a few of them were released you know fantastic you know um and when i was growing up at school in the sixth form common room it was all about oasis um and probably my little funny story um, about Oasis was uh, the girls were playing hockey. The, I think the year eleven girls were playing hockey on the on the road grass. We didn't have a game. We didn't have field. We didn't have grass. We were in the centre of Bristol. Um, we had a red grass, and um, me and me and Sam had, had stayed behind. And probably went to the pub. Probably knowing us, and then gone back to the common room to get our, our stuff. And saw that the girls were playing um, playing hockey. And we, we moved all the speakers to the windows. And every time one of our girls scored a goal in the hockey, we would play She's Electric out the windows. Um, and, and apparently it was the only game they won all season. So we obviously done some sort of some sort of good. And, and it was actually mentioned in assembly that the, the six form boys cheering us on with She's Electric helped us spur us on. Let me just say, She's Electric is probably, I'd say, their best song. Unbelievable song. Oh, I was yeah. really hoping you were going to say that's their worst song. I was um, really hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> no, it's a song that a lot... 
it's a shame nobody caught it really. It's lyrics that everybody can relate to. It's unbelievable song. I think they've got so many. There's so many unbelievable songs that they've done. You know, they got definitely maybe Morning Glory, unbelievable albums. You know, I mean, they were they were a fantastic band, and I mean, me and Luke have, have had conversations around, you know, talking about different eras and all that, and what inspires them. You know, and for me, that's why I love the nineties. There's different bands that have inspired. You know, the Kasabian, Oasis inspired Kasabian, and then you've got the dance and all of that from the 90s, which inspired, you know, what we got now. And for me, when Luke asked the question, name me a band or an artist which inspired you, I struggled because I haven't really got a one, you know, a one answer. For me, the 90s inspired everything, and it's what I love. I just love the whole, the whole decade and the whole genre. I think everybody knows someone who is obsessed with Oasis. If you're not obsessed with Oasis yourself, one of your best mates is obsessed with Oasis. Like they've transcended so many decades, so many, so many generations of people love Oasis. I'm not obsessed with Oasis. It's ne they've never been a band. Their their big hits are obviously massive, and they're they're great fun to 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 listen to. Their album stuff, I think, is 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 dirge. But the obsession that people had with Oasis. You know, you had people queuing up for for two days before the Nebworth tickets went on sale to make sure they got a ticket they were they were pissing in their own tents they were pissing in bottles they were they were then throwing those piss bottles over each other when they were in the in the in the milk king's bowl and things like that like the 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 lengths people went to 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 follow oasis and the obsession that people have with oasis it's not quite moving to leicester because your favorite band are from there but it is it is quite a <laughs> it's quite a good answer to be fair charlie what's your answer mate talk us through i've gone with um i've gone with silver from the band that you picked talk us through why yeah. you're obsessed with these guys I don't think I could do the same as Ollie because I don't fancy to move into Australia anytime soon. <laughs> they are the first time I listened to them was it such away on the train up, and I felt that was an unbelievable day. And I remember just listening to music and thinking, at the time I'm probably already bollocks. It's probably about half eight. You've got me drinking <laughs> as soon as you got on the train. <laughs> Your dad will listen to this. Shut up, mate. And I'm thinking, yeah, these are right. And ever since then, I've just listened to them, and I'm thinking. So I booked tickets to go and see my Ali Pali this December, but obviously that's been cancelled until next year. And I'm thinking, ever since I've listened to that, I don't think I've disliked a single song. I thought that's quite rare of an artist that you like every single song. I I've, never heard of them. I've never heard of them. They oh. are unbelievable. And also, as a link point from Monksy's band to... <laughs> to what Charlie's come out of. I know Liam Gallagher's a massive fan of DMAs because he had him on the Asimov, quite a lot of his um, undercards or whatever. Yeah. Like, I like, think it's about DMAs I like is that they cover like, old songs as well. I'm pretty sure they've done a Cher song. I'm pretty sure they've done a couple of others. They, they just mix it up. They've got everything in their locker, really. I just feel like an unbelievable band. I can listen to these all day. I'm quite a big fan of DMAs as well. I've, some very good choices this evening, to be fair. Yeah, I think this... Um, what, what, what's the obsession there, mate? Talk us through your obsession story, because at the minute, there are two people tied on 25 points who are in joint second place. So you, 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 you can either talk yourself in or out of the final with this answer. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're saying things. You probably already gathered that. Right, but, that's um... you out. That's you out. You're in the... <laughs> You've lost the point. You're now in the... You're now going to join me in the in the jury. Um, we've, the final is going to be between 
Ollie, who has made it to 24 points. You've got Charlie, who was on 23 points. You've got Andy, who is on 20 points. And Miles in the lead for her answers so far tonight is Danny on 34 points. So the final is between Danny and Ollie. And then we, me, you and Charlie now have to pick. And the song, the, the song I've asked them to pick is the best, the best love song. However they interpret that, that can be, it can be a power ballad. It can be a song saying thanks for existing. It can be, it can be anything you want and we're going to pick it. So let me know when you're both ready. Um, yeah, I'm if, ready. Danny, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good thing about the final is I don't get to pick who's going to win it. It's going to be I get a vote, Monksy gets a vote, and Charlie gets a vote. Now, for you guys, I want you to think, what's the best justification for this song? What's the best song? And is it the best love song of the two that's been picked? Charlie, uh, Danny, sorry, because you, because you won the, the actual the, the, the five questions that we asked, I'm going to ask you to go first. What's your, what's your favourite or the best love song of all time? So I'm actually going to go for My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Ooh. Talk us through it. Talk us through the choice. Well, it's just a classic, like Titanic is your classic love story. And I don't know, this song... No, nothing so, nothing to me says love by fucking off your lover into the freezing cold water where <laughs> you could quite easily share a door. Nothing to me says love quite like that. This is just a classic. You just hands down cannot, yeah. Oh, you can because my answer's better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure about that, Oliver. You've, you've got a chance here, Danny. The, the power behind it, you know, it's a power ballad. It's going to build. Talk us through it. Justify it. Why do you love this song? What is it you love about it? Who is it you think of when you when you hear it? one of those ones where if you're in a bad mood as well and you're driving down the motorway and oh, <laughs> the script like when you look out your window and obviously the trees are going past just picturing that when you're sitting on this nice and slow <laughs> um this is a song that you want to scream at the windscreen you are so right yeah absolutely it's a great choice well, even, do you know what? Even if you're going through a heartbreak as well. I wouldn't know. I've only had a broken heart. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's such a tune. I've, I've never watched Titanic. Is anyone, is anyone else in that club that like, you've never watched Titanic? Watched it once. Once too many. <laughs> I watched it, but the problem you had is that you knew the ending, didn't you? Yeah, it's a massive issue, that. I mean, what's the point? What's the fucking point? There was, was no three twist. Hours where, was well, the, it? where was the twist? What twist are you thinking? The boat doesn't sink? Because that would be hell of yes, a film. Yes, exactly. That's what they should have done. Big <laughs> twist, you know. Leonardo DiCaprio turns around and goes, I've saved the boat, we're not, you know, just punches the, the iceberg and it shatters the... <laughs> I mean, I like a film of a twist. I like a twist. It's your favourite film, Oliver Twist. It's hardly Sixth Sense, is it? Here we go, let's listen to this bit now.
Charlie's yawning. Charlie's loving it. Diving and diving. You know what? This is this is one of these songs as well where you're really drunk and you just think you're hitting every note absolutely oh, perfectly. Absolutely. I think for me. Is that a dig at me. Yeah. <laughs> I judge. I judge a pop song anyway. Go on, Luke, in it. <laughs> yeah, no chance. I think that for me, I judge a pop song for when you're, if you're going to be with your mates on a dance floor, and you're like, like Danny just said, it's two in the morning. You're fucking, you're absolutely steaming, and the chorus is something you can just, like, you could just, you know, the huddle, you know, like when you're lining up for a football match, you just yeah. have arms around everyone's shoulders, and you just belt out a tune. That for me is how I judge a pop song, and that for me is why that song is an absolutely fantastic choice. I think there are so many tunes that are like that, but that tune might be right at the very top of that list. So, Ollie, you've got a you've got a pretty difficult act to follow there, mate. What, what where are we going say, with you? I, I think as an idea for a, a next episode for music, we should just do the best Disney songs because I mean, there's just so many good Disney songs that's unreal. <laughs> I have gone for Elton John. Can you hit? Can you feel the love tonight? Oh, talking to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I, I, I didn't even know that, man. I didn't even know that. <laughs> How are you doing a, a, a mic drop? <laughs> I really hope I picked the English version here because this is from the album Lejon Kungun. <laughs> <laughs> Please be English. Oh, it is. Good. To the rush of day. When the heat of a rolling wind can't be turned away, an enchanted moment, and it sees me through. It's enough for this restless warrior just to be with you and care. So good. It is where we are. It's enough for this wide-eyed wanderer that we got this far. And can you feel the love tonight? Makes you makes your uh, spine tingle, really, doesn't it? I think it's also I genuinely didn't plan it with Monksy's comment in mind about <laughs> Disney films, so I'm assuming I've taken Monksy's vote with that one as well. Just I've got a feeling un- you might be you might be one up with ten minutes ago after that after that amazing shout by Monksy. I'd if he doesn't give me his vote, I question how I would possibly have got his vote. It's an unbelievable song, unbelievable artist. 
unbelievable. Yeah, don't want to say unbelievable anymore because it is quite. <laughs> so we've but, had the big, we've had the biggest selling artist of the 20th century in Michael Jackson. We've now got the second biggest selling artist of the 20th century in Elton John. It's been quite a, you know, amazingly, they've both outsold the Beatles. They've both outsold Elvis Presley. They've both outsold ABBA. Like the sheer numbers Michael Jackson and Elton John did. But I think this film that it's from, you know, the Legion Kungen is an absolutely, like, what a film as well. Like, you know, even the original version, like, it is such a good film. And it's such a tearjerker oh, as well. New, like, the, the new both from great better, films. Much better. The new one's brilliant. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this song, mate? Um, it's a good song. I've never, I didn't, I couldn't tell you what film it's from, though. I don't really. I told you earlier I don't watch films. <laughs> I've told you twice. It's, it's from, it's Danny, from... Danny, Danny, Danny cannot believe what's going on. <laughs> I've told you twice, mate. It's from the Legion Kungen. Um, who was it who went and had five pints before we recorded? Was it Max? <laughs> <laughs> it's from the yeah, Lion King, mate. Oh. I've never seen it. Well, we might as well pack up now then, because I ain't got, I ain't got that vote. If you don't even know what it's from, I know the song. <laughs> I love Elton John. I think his his biggest hits are unbelievable. He's and he's so versatile. He changed his sound and he changed his the way that he wrote his songs and and, and the songs that he wrote um, in terms of the like lyrically completely changed and. As a writer of power ballads, and as a writer of someone who we spoke earlier on about linking arm in arm on a dance floor, the huddle with your mates, and just screaming into the into the centre of a circle, Elton John songs are right at the very top of the list of the songs that you're going to pick. So two absolute crackers of a of a of a choice there. So Charlie, I'm going to start with you. Are you going to go for My Heart Will Go On, or Can You Feel the Love Tonight? My heart will go on. Oh, because I've heard of it. And I, like, like properly, and I know the backstory to it. I'm genuinely, I'm questioning the panel here. So you... We've got a panel, you haven't even heard of the song. Well, one, one judge hasn't heard of the song, but he's just heard it there, and he's gone with the, with the other song. That's absolutely fine. I'm going to cast my vote next. He went for the other song because he hadn't heard of my song. Well, that's your fault for picking a song he hadn't heard no, of. No, 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 it's not. Everybody has heard of that song. It's his fault. <laughs> having no music knowledge and he's adjudicating on a music quiz <laughs> I'm going to go next and I'm going to do the obvious Simon Cowell thing and I'm going to cast some jeopardy um, I'm going to vote for Can You Feel the Love Tonight Andy, you have got the deciding vote Well obviously this is the hardest um, the hardest role uh, hardest decision I've had since being a judge on the Soto End Bar how you good know. is this format, by the way? How good <laughs> is this? Um, but um, based on the fact that Ollie had a chance to pick an amazing song, and and he has picked an amazing song, but he hasn't picked the best Disney love song even. Not even the best love song. It's not even the best Disney love song. Because if you're going to pick the best Disney love song, it's quite clearly from Aladdin, you know, when they're up on the on the magic carpet for a magic carpet <laughs> ride, you know that is quite clearly the best love song from Disney. Um, so I am going with Danny. Ah, uh, she's came and take over the totem bar. A fantastic interview, and she's won our first jukebox draw. Everyone, Danny, round of applause. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that was that was great fun. We'll um, 
I, I haven't put this out to anyone yet, but the, the prize was, it's supposed to be a, a record for my record collection. Um, I don't have any um, Cindy Lauper though. So I'll have to just send you a bottle of Prosecco or something um, as, a, as, a, as a congratulations. Um, but but how, how do we, just a bit of feedback on that. Cause obviously the listeners are going to have to listen to it, but we're going to have to do it again if, if, if we liked it. Did we all enjoy that? Was that Danny, for someone who hasn't obviously done a podcast like this before mm-hmm. with us, was that any good? Was that something that you enjoyed doing? Would you listen to it if, yeah. you, if you weren't good? That's all right. Yeah, definitely. And I'd do that again. That was good fun. <laughs> right, great. Well, we, we will be doing this again, um, the Jukebox Show. We might do this as a second part of our Christmas special with Bobby Gould, to be fair. So if you're around in December, give us a shout. Ollie, how, how yeah. did you think it went? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, definitely. Somewhat different, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Monksy? Yes, mate. As I said, I, I thought a bit of music could be good. Wasn't expecting it to be the whole thing. Um, but I, so I, I put sport and music very much hand in hand, and I, I, I love my sport and I love my music, my two passions in life, and absolutely amazing. And Charlie, for your one line sentence at the end, how do you think it went? I liked it if I won, but I was rubbish, so. <laughs> You were rubbish. And by the way, the correct answer for the best love song of all time is Sunshine on Leaf by The Proclaimers. 